Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Hey, yo, what up, love mama? It's your boy, Hey guys, what is up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Uh, how are we? It's Monday. Are we ready for the week? Are we ready to do it? I wanted to congratulate everybody. I guess we had a uh, a Super Bowl, a sporty Sunday, if you will. Uh, it is 9.55 Pacific Standard Time on a Sunday night right now. I waited till the last possible second to finish the podcast uh, because I'm what you call a slacker. No, 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 no. I waited until the very last moment because I was waiting for any final Army Hammer news to drop. Um, there has been so many crazy things, and we'll get into that. And of course, our special guest today is Sophie Ross. She's been on the podcast now two times. This is her third triumphant appearance, and we just have such a good chemistry, and it is just a great way to start the week because not only do we cover Army Hammer, but we cover everything. We got you covered on all pop culture. We got Morgan Wallen. We got Marilyn Manson. We got stuff to make you laugh, stuff to make you think, stuff to really horrify you. You guys, I don't, I mean, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm grossed out and sickened by a lot of this Army Hammer stuff, by the Marilyn Manson stuff. Like, it's, it's starting to scare me. Uh, but I'll but I'll get into what scares me a little bit later. Uh, yeah, we had a Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that's a, a lot of this is new. I'm going to prepare to tell you something. They won. It's Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl win. Uh, I just know he's the guy that's married to Giselle Bunchen, and Giselle Bunchen used to uh, date Leonardo DiCaprio. So that's really my tie-in with the whole sports thing. Uh, I mean, gosh, he. 
He did it, you guys. Let me pretend to be sporty. I watched the game in that I like took a nap through the entire first half. Um, and then I watched the weekend and then I tried to nap in the second half and I couldn't. And I just scrolled on my phone. Does that, does that sound familiar to anybody else out there? Uh, yeah, I, I made a, I made a couple Instagram memes, you know, just, just doom scrolled, try to discover if Army Hammer, Hammer was an actual murderer, you know, just the light Super Bowl stuff, um, that we all deal with. But I hope you guys are, but, but I mean, my God, I was remembering last Super Bowl and it's like, we all used to get like really drunk on Super Bowl and then you would go home hungover and then you would have to go to work the next day. And, um, I mean, I guess the positive side is a lot of us are still working from home. So we can be hung over in our own homes. So that's a good, good thing. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the Super Bowl in a second, but I wanted to thank you guys for the first two weeks of making this daily format of my podcast a success. Uh, really couldn't do this without you guys. Welcome to all the new people that are listening. It is cool. We are getting new ears on this. Just know that we do this Monday through Thursday. Uh, download them, listen to them at your convenience. Uh, I think truly these will stand the test of time. So pick and choose, uh, go around with what you like, what you don't like. I try to put timestamps in there so you can check out what you like. I already did a couple interviews for this week that you'll hear later this week, and I just love, I'm just really loving talking to the new people. Uh, we are in a heyday of, of Bravo goodness on top of pop culture um, historicalness. That's not even a word, but I feel like we're there. Um, a couple show notes. Uh, I am still doing a partnership with Lower Level Games at Lower Level Games on Instagram. It's a great company that does this Guess Who game. They do Housewives editions, and I have two of them, and one I'm going to keep so I can play play it. Um, yeah, I'll play. I'm not above playing a Housewives Guess Who game. In fact, I'll enjoy playing a Housewives Guess Who game. No, this one is for you guys. All you have to do is mail in your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mail it to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. You will be entered to win, and I will be picking on Thursday. We've got a lot of entries already, so that's exciting. Thank you guys so much. And and I hope that doesn't sound too um, douchebaggery like I'm, you know, if you like the pod, do it. If you don't, you know, I don't know. You can still be entered. I don't know, you know. And also, any other companies that want me to promote their products or you would be willing to give us baddies, a copy that I can give out to the listeners. Uh, I'm all for that if, it, if it's cool and, and you know, I want to try to give you guys back as much as you have given me. So uh, leave a five-star review. That always helps. If you want more, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. You have extra podcasts. I did an hour and a half recap of Dallas this week, and we talked about much more. Of course, the whole season of Real Housewives of Orange County was on there. Uh, and uh, I think I'm going to be starting up Real Housewives of Miami this week and something else with my good friend Emily Clayton and Maritza Lopez. So uh, really a lot of good stuff there as well. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, follow the Instagram, follow all that. Let's have fun, okay? Uh, we got a lot to cover. So yeah, the Super Bowl. The uh, I'm just not a sporty guy. A lot of you girls are sporty guys. Uh, you know, the, let's see, um, the weekend. Let's go. Let's start there, huh? He performed. I'm really bummed that the that Daft Punk, the two robots, I'm really bummed that they didn't make an appearance with him. Uh, we started to hear later in the week that he was not going to bring out any special guests, and he did hold true to that. Uh, he spent $7 million, supposedly, of his own money, but of course he'll get that back in record sales. And he announced his entire 2022 tour dates, which I believe are now on sale, so it's a great promotion for that. I don't know. Like, I like The weekend. I've seen him a couple times in concert. This didn't do anything for me. I mean... I loved when Prince did the Super Bowl. I thought that was cool. 
Uh, I love when Britney Spears did it. That was fun. Uh, Madonna, Beyonce was amazing. I don't know, The weekend it was a big production, you know. They had a bunch of people in, um, you know, his little bandaged masks. It looked like he was on a field of Meredith Marks from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with that iconic mask she wore this week. That was exciting. Uh, it is funny, though, that The weekend, if you guys don't know, most of his songs are about cocaine. Like, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Guys, that's lean in. That's about cocaine, you know? And a lot of his songs are about cocaine and ecstasy, which, hey, man, like, yeah, party on, Garth. But uh, it is funny that the NFL did a halftime show promoting a guy that literally is just singing about, like, (laughs) snorting fat lines of blow. Anywho, (laughs) hi, kids. (laughs) Hope you're going to have a good week at school. Please don't say that there are kids in the car while you listen. Um, Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, this I found fascinating. I found this, I posted this in my Instagram stories. This is, and this is why I can never be any sort of success because this is Tom Brady's normal meals. This is what he eats on a normal daily basis. Now listen to this. Tell me if you could, if this is what it takes to be a champion. Tom Brady's day on a plate, 6 a.m., 500 milliliters glass of water infused with electrolytes. Mmm. Breakfast, avocado and eggs. That's not bad. Um, 8 a.m., more electrolyte-infused water, followed by a post-workout protein shake. Lunch, salads with nuts and fish. Snacks, hummus, guacamole, or mixed nuts. Dinner, roasted vegetables and chicken. And his special game day food? Smoothie and an almond butter and jelly sandwich. Guys, Tom Brady lives in hell. I mean, that, that doesn't sound fun. I, I want Tom, I, I want Tom, like, do you, I mean, I, do you think he'll have a pizza as a celebration? Like, does he get two nut butter smoothies since he won? I mean, like, is it worth it? Like, I, I watch all these, I watch that Tire Woods documentary and like how hard you have to work to be a champion. I don't know if I want to be a champion, you know? Like, that sounds, that sounds hellacious. I'm like, okay, and then what's lunch? Like, that it, it's just, that's... It makes me sad. I don't know why I, I equate food to happiness, but I do. And that just made me sad. And it made me go like, hmm, stars don't have it all, do they? So uh, congrats, Tom ba- Brady and the Buccaneers. I hope you go to Buca de Beppo. Uh, you guys, Buca de Beppo, uh, if you're new to the pod, I have a fixation, a fascination, if you will, with Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo which is in lovely Encino, California. Uh, as soon as it's all right to... Do in-person dining. I have spoken with the manager. We will be doing a So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey podcast um, party where we will be renting out the Buca de Beppo location. And uh, I think I'll probably end up inviting a lot of podcaster friends. I know uh, two judgy girls at Express Interest, uh, Moni. You know, like, we're going to make it a big thing. I think we still probably got, honestly, probably six more months before that can happen. But I wanted to shout that out. That is not something I've forgotten about. I think about Buca de Beppo every single day of my life, as I'm sure you guys do. Just remember how much fun we're going to have in there. We're going to get the world's biggest party bus that'll fit at least a 1,000 people. We're going to do a pickup uh, right around the Sir Tom Tom area. We'll get in there. It'll be BYOB, but of course, you know, I'll 
I'll also be providing booze. We'll do a mix of all our favorite Bravo songs, and we will, uh, you know, it's a quick hour over to Encino, but I'll tell them to drive around the parking lot a few times just so we're having fun, and then we'll go in there and we'll party our balls off, you guys. We'll eat Buca de Beppo food, drink drinks. We'll try to beg Dorit to come. It's going to be amazing, trust me. So put that in your mental calendars, uh, a little something to uh, to uh, give a little glimmer of hope for the future, if you will. Okay, I'm trying to make myself laugh a little bit because I'm really nervous about going into some of the stuff I have to talk about in a bit. Uh, we will be talking more about Southern Charm and Summer House. Uh, we will be recapping, I believe, both of those shows or talking about them in great lengths. In fact, we'll be talking with all the guests this week about them in some form. Uh, but I will be doing probably... Um, full-on recaps as well. Uh, email me or reach out to me if you like that idea. I just think I've already taken notes on them, so why not? I will say Craig from the Southern Charm Reunion. My God, that second part of the reunion. We need Craig to be on the first 20 minutes of every Bravo reunion known to man. I don't care if it's Vanderpump Rules. I don't care if it's Real Housewives of New York. I don't care if it's Summer House. You bring Craig out there. You ply him with booze and whatever the hell else he was on. You let his hair fall free and you just let him go. That man was single-handedly getting people riled up. In fact, they did this cool thing, which I hope Bravo keeps doing that I thought was a great success in the Southern Charm reunion, was that they were showing the behind the scenes. So, like, they would show when Andy said cut. They would show when they were about you know, about to film and you saw some really cool moments that I always loved the, you know, behind the scenes stuff where, um, Austin had to go take a pee pee break and it was like Pringle, uh, Shep and Craig talking. And Shep was like, God, Craig, you really went out after me out there. He's like, I'm sorry. I was just trying to get stuff going. Like, and he was like telling Pringle to like get into it, you know, and Pringle finally did wake up when he talked about his kids, but that was all Craig. And like, it gives you a real picture of how Craig shit faced is. It's it's just wild. Um, I also got to give credit. I might not like Madison, but man, she really does do. I mean, I think that Southern Charm reunion and just so you guys know, it got the highest ratings of the season four Southern Charm. Of course it did. Right. Of course it did with all the A-Rod, the Jay Cutler. And remember, the A-Rod, Jay Cutler stuff has really, really died down to just barely a whisper. So that just shows us the success. If you stay quiet Things will just fall away unless you're Army Hammer and things keep, you know, popping back up. But, you know, remember Wednesday? Kate Casey had that podcast where Leva, uh, where um, Danny actually confirmed that Madison was FaceTiming with A-Rod. And guess what? It's Sunday and there's not a peep, really. Except that we did see A-Rod with J-Lo at the Super Bowl. I saw pictures with them. J-Lo had her arm around him, and she looked like she was smiling underneath her mask. So I guess all is good there. But for most celebrities, they know, and I'm sure any PR crisis counselors will say, just wait things out. But the only time that doesn't work, though, is if things keep popping up. And I believe that's what we're going to talk about in terms of Army Hammer. So congrats to Southern Charm. And if you notice this week, they all of a sudden put the Southern Charm secrets revealed together. And that will be on this Thursday. So they're really milking the sudden popularity of Southern Charm this season. But all in all, I like the season. Love the reunions. Congratulations. Uh, really fascinated with Leva. Um, I'm really, I, I really like all of them. Uh, and I'm sorry to John Pringle. I... They did a bit where they talked about his looks, and I know 
I know I'm a part of that, making fun of his looks, because I had a meme about that that he commented uh, multiple times on. <laughs> and he's and we we you know we we went back and forth a second where it's just so I mean like I'm uglier than John Pringle, but like I felt bad saying that somebody else was ugly and then him actually acknowledging that to me and uh he he talks to one of my friends emily and he still brings it up to emily about <laughs> your friend with the podcast that makes fun of me so i thought that was cute but hey sorry pringle you're better looking than me and i'm sure you're doing much better than me obviously and you look better in a sports coat and you've got abs so i think all in all you are the winner um Let's see. What else do we got here? Little, anything here? Uh, so, yeah, uh, what to watch this week. Uh, mark that on your calendars. Of course, we've got some exciting stuff. Of course, we have Below Deck on Monday. We have The Bachelor, which has been a snooze of the season. Uh, Tuesday, we got Real Housewives of Dallas. I think they are having such a great season. A really quick thing, uh, Dr. Tiffany Moon, who I love, has been blocked by Cameron Westcott on Twitter. Uh, they do not seem to be getting along, which I find fascinating. Uh, I will be having somebody from Real Housewives of Dallas on this week on the program, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I mean, knock on wood, unless something happens, but I'm very, very excited to talk with this person. So I hope you guys are excited as well. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday is our Super Bowl for Bravo lovers. We have uh, part one of the three-part Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. You guys, there are only certain moments in our lives— we only get part one of a first season Housewives reunion. It only comes once in a blue moon, so we got to really appreciate it. And you, it's three parts, so you know it's amazing. They had the same amount of episodes as OC. OC got two. Salt Lake got three. That means it's good. And if you saw the preview, folks, it will knock you back on your coal mining asses. Mary Cosby fell, falls asleep. Mary Cosby falls asleep while they're while they're doing the show. That's how amazing it is. You see everybody fighting. Uh, rumor is that a lot of the girls still are not talking with each other after this. Even Andy looks awake. I mean, so I am so excited. We are so blessed. And then Thursday, of course, like I said, you have Southern Charm, Secrets Revealed, and Episode 2 of Summer House. You guys, that was a great start for Summer House. What did you guys think? I was very excited. I was very excited. Luke, Luke is a douchebag, man. You see him texting both of those girls the same thing at the end of the episode. He's like, excited to spend the summer with you, Burns. And then to Sierra, excited to spend the summer with you, Sierra. Like, I bet he just, like, I bet going to bed for that guy includes, like, an hour of just texting every girl he knows. And then just looking at himself in the mirror while he strums on the guitar and thinks it's music. I'm so pretty. I'm going to grow hair on my face and try to make me ugly and wear weird rings on each one of my fingers. My name is Luke, and I'm going to chop wood and play tennis. That's an original song. Please don't steal it. But I'm very excited. I think I should be talking to um, hopefully a couple people for Summer, Summer House. That is in the works. I do want to highlight one show. Um, this is great. Um, so there was one of the producers of Summer House, Ian Gelfand, G-E-L-F-A-N-D. He came on the podcast uh, before the holiday. The, the episode is still out there. So good. This guy was so effing cool to me and to this show and to all of us baddies. He was so great. But he has a show that's premiering on Netflix. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I had to cut out a lot of stuff because Netflix hadn't... Um, uh, said it was coming out yet. So we finally have word that it is coming out. Uh, it is coming out this Friday. It is a new 
reality show, and it is called Buried to the Bernards. And uh, Buried, oh, sorry, Buried by the Bernards. Uh, Season one on Netflix premieres this Friday, and it is a reality show that uh, takes place at a funeral home. So Buried by the Bernards is what it's called. It's supposed to be great. I'm going to binge it this weekend. I'm very excited. So check it out. Ian says it's great. He says he's really proud of it. He shot it like The Office. I think there's a trailer up that you can see. Uh, But I'm very excited for any new reality show. And Netflix is really making their way in in that whole genre of reality. And also Ian uh, produced um, Family Karma, which we're going to get a season two of. Uh, They made that announcement during Summer House. I think we already knew that, but it was exciting to see a little teaser. So, I mean, we're really in in a sweet spot. We got three more episodes of Salt Lake. We got Secrets Revealed, and then we got Dallas firing. We got Atlanta starting to get good finally. Like Atlanta, I've been so-so on, but then the second half hour of last week's episode, I thought was hysterical. I I just, I'm loving the dynamic between Drew and the other new girl. And you've got like the old, the older ladies now and the younger ladies. And I kind of like that, like little infusion of youth into it. It's kind of cool. So I think Atlanta is really going to find its footing here uh, this week. I was kind of bummed that they didn't air it after the Super Bowl for like counter programming and they didn't air 90 day fiance either. It was like bullshit. Like the only thing we had to watch was the stupid Super Bowl. I know I got, I know all you girls like sports too. I feel like now I'm like the only person in the world that doesn't like sports. It just is so boring. It's like, yes, you can do things with your arms and feet and stuff. And you, you know, have decent bodies. So what? Uh, Speaking of sports, we got, uh, this is another sports story for all you guys. Aaron Rodgers, who is a football quarterback. I worked with him on an episode of The Office, actually. He was a very nice guy. Uh, He announced this weekend when he was accepting an award that he thanked his new fiance, who turns out to be uh, Shailene Woodley, uh, Woodley, Woolley, <laughs> Shailene Woodley. She's from the Divergent series, uh, Big Little Lies. You guys know Shailene or Shailene or however we say her name, Neen. Uh, so that's exciting. Congratulations to you guys. That's a little S- Super Bowl sports story. I saw that a lot uh, this weekend, and I was like, Wow, are we in a slow? Are we in a slow news cycle, or does everybody love these two? I just maybe they're beyond. Maybe they're past. Um, Today, I talk a little bit, uh, me and Sophie talk about the Britney Spears documentary that I had recommended you guys watch. I watched it. I really, I don't want to say I loved it. It broke my heart. It made me very sad. It didn't give us a lot of new information, but I I thought her assistant, Felicia, it was amazing to hear her. I thought it was well done. Uh, I would love a part two that delves in deeper. Um, There are still a lot of things we don't know about the conservatorship, but I thought it was very well done. And a lot of celebrities reacted to this. And I thought that was really... um, uh, Miley Cyrus actually did a pre-show uh, for TikTok that I had mentioned last week, and she even dedicated a song to uh, Britney Spears and uh, said that was heartbreaking. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker from uh, Sex and the City, uh, she tweeted out her support. Um, you forget how much. Britney Spears has done for a lot of us pop culture lovers. So uh, it was just one of those things that really kind of hit at home what Britney has been through. 
And I think that was uh, it was good. Uh, Megan McCain tweeted out support. Bette Midler, Haley Williams from Paramore uh, wrote the framing Britney Spears doc. Holy fuck. No artist today would have to endure the literal torture that media society utter misogynists inflicted upon her. The mental health awareness conversation culturally could never be where it is without the awful price she has paid. Uh, you can find that on Hulu now, you guys. If you haven't seen it, you can follow that on Hulu. And, um, you know, even got a little little uh, punch in there on Justin Timberlake, which, of course, we remember this is an anniversary today was when he did the uh, came out with Janet Jackson for the halftime and ripped the uh, thing off her breast that exposed her nipple where Janet Jackson got shunned and uh, nothing really happened to Justin Timberlake. So that's always been a bone of contention and something that people have always held against Justin Timberlake fairly because it really Justin Timberlake didn't really speak out for Janet Jackson entirely. I'm sure you guys might have information otherwise. That is just my opinion. Um, uh, oh, here's other big news, uh, Super Bowl related. Pilot Pete from The Bachelor uh, and his ex-girlfriend Kelly, uh, remember they split out up a couple weeks ago. Well, you guys, they have been spotted being all chummy and sexy together in Tampa this weekend for the Super Bowl. So it looks like they are either back together or they did that whole thing when you break up, but you miss somebody. So you hang out with them for a weekend and then you realize you don't like them still. So we'll find out, I guess, next week. <laughs> you know, we'll find out what happens. Um so that is everything. Oh my God. One last story that is going to make, that made me, I don't know, it's horrific, but also is kind of funny before we get into the serious stuff. Um, there is a story. I don't know if you guys know the product Gorilla Glue. It is, uh, and I swear to God, they're not advertising on this show. I'm well, I, but I do want to say I'm welcome to advertising for Gorilla Glue. Uh, but there's a story. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Um, there was a woman who went viral for using Gorilla Glue in her hair, and uh, <laughs> she got treated in the hospital this weekend. So uh, Louisiana, this is a New York Post, a Louisiana woman went viral last week uh, for using Gorilla Glue in place of actual hairspray before finally checking into the hospital on Saturday uh, to get the hardened adhesive removed according to her post on Instagram. Uh, the woman identified in news reports as Tessica Brown posted on February 4th that her hair had been stuck in place for a month after she ran out of her usual hair product and opted to use the extra strong super glue instead. Quote, look, my hair, it don't move. You hear what I'm telling you? It don't move, she said in the original video. I washed my hair 15 times and it don't move. On Saturday, Brown posted two photos, one of herself sprawled out on a hospital bed and another at the emergency room entrance to St. Bernard Parish Hospital in Chalamet, Louisiana. Her decision to seek medical treatment came after three days of crowdsourcing potential solutions, including from the maker of Gorilla Glue. The company told TMZ that Brown could use rubbing alcohol on her head, but warned that if it, if it had actually been in place for a month, it was likely fractured at the root. Now the, oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. The only, okay. The only, <laughs> the only reason I laugh at this is because this is some shit I would do. Like no shit, you guys. This is some fucking stupid shit I would do to like either save time or laziness or I ran out of something and thought I was being ingenious. So, so the fact, and the shit, Gorilla Glue is intense. 
But like I've done this before where I've just made I've made <sighs> my mom will tell you this. She'll be on the show later this week. I did this thing when I was like a sophomore in high school. I had this uh I'm not proud of it. I had a wart on my finger and I was so upset that I had a wart and it just never left. And it was one of those things where I was like I was like, ah, just this little flipping thing on my finger, you know, it upset me so much and I wanted it off so badly. And of course, you know, you're like, well, why didn't you go to the hospital? I, you know, I figured I could take care of it. So I, um, I took scissors and I, uh, I cut my wart off and, uh, it was one of those things like halfway through, I knew I had made the worst mistake of my life. And, um, you know, then when I had to go to the hospital, to get the stitches that really, really nailed it in how bad of a mistake I made. Cause it just wouldn't stop bleeding. And this was like, you know, before school on a Wednesday in high school. And I thought I was just being really, so, you know, it just, I read that story and I was like, this is some shit I would do. This is some shit I would still do. Just stupid shit. I know you guys are probably horrified about that wart story. Let's not pass that around. Okay, folks. Uh, okay, you guys, that is some, uh, that is some little bits of news. The Sophie stuff, we go into so much pop culture. You're going to love it. It'll prepare you for the week. Of course, anything else you want me to cover, just email me. So let's get into some army hammer. Okay. Um, I was waiting this long to see if anything else had broke. Um, so here's where we are. We get into a lot of you'll we get into a lot of the Army Hammer stuff with Sophie, but a couple developments since I got off the phone with her. So there is supposed to be a big news story we've been being teased that is supposed to drop. We thought this weekend, but now it's going to be this week, and we have not we don't know what that is, or we didn't know what that is. But House of Effie, the Instagram and Twitter account that we talk all about, said she posted this thing that said, I know what it is, I, or I found out what um, what is going to be dropped, and it is disgusting and scary and all of this stuff. Um, so that itself was, was really, really, uh, you know, kind of a tease, but like, I, I was kind of curious why she wouldn't just say it. But she said, I know what's coming out. Let me find the exact thing that she said. And also, you guys, remember, this is just a story I'm trying to piece together. Everything that I say, this is allegedly. Uh, I do want to point out, I do not have hard proof for this, nor um, does anyone yet. We have the words of a lot of women, which I think is completely valid. But uh, I'm sure facts will be released as well. Okay, uh, her post said, holy shit, I know what's going to come out. It's bad, really bad. Like I'm shaking and feel like I'm going to throw up bad and I'm with my whole family. So that's what she wrote. So we did not know what was going to come out. And then over the Super Bowl, um, I started seeing um, somebody had sent me. And by the way, all you guys sending me stuff, uh, really just incredible. Thank you. Uh, I know a listener, a friend, uh, let me know about the Bill Maher stuff that I talk about later in the program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I never know if I can use your names or not. So if you ever give me something, say you can use my name and I will put it in there. I'm not trying to not give anybody credit. I just know this is sensitive stuff. Um, uh, this is from In the Cut Sign. It says, hashtag Army Hammer. In the six months during his employment, 10 to 15 minutes away from the site, the remains of three women have been found. We are not conflating the two ideas, but there have been longstanding rumors for a while. 
And it also says, this is all alleged with Army Hammer until proven otherwise. Remember when Army suddenly began working in construction mid-pandemic and mid-divorce last year? Suddenly he was employed in between jobs working on a hotel in the middle of this desert? So what was happening, you guys? He was, help he was working on a hotel uh, after his divorce. Um, he came out and we talk about his friend, uh, Ramsey art, uh, him and his brother that I believe he was working with, uh, near 29 palms near Joshua tree in the desert. And he was working out there and army actually even had Instagram posts where he talks about being in the desert and talks about how good it was and all this stuff. There have been missing ladies. So, uh, you had that thing dropped. You, you had those two tweets, also, there were tweets that I talk about in the podcast with Sophia where people said Army Hammer murderer one in 2016. Remember when Army Hammer murdered? Uh, that was in 2019. Some kind of weird uh, things as well uh, that were, were put out there. Uh, so you had those two tweets. And then Lipstick Alley, um, the uh, lipstickalley.com. They wrote this. The tea is apparently going to drop as early as tomorrow morning, but I got access to it early through my PR connections. Arm and Hammer is allegedly being investigated regarding the disappearance of a California mom who set out for a solo road trip to Joshua Tree National Park. She has been missing since June 2020. Her car was found abandoned and vandalized. The local coroner is investigating a case of human remains found in the area in February 2021, but the sheriff's department will not confirm at this time if the remains belong to her. Um... And then they put Arm and Hammer has been in the same area since June, and they put one of his Instagram posts. Um, you know, they put one of his Instagram posts where he was in that same area. Uh, Dumois, who we talk about as well, uh, she has been posting, um, you know, a lot of she posts blinds and stuff like that. Uh, she had posted one of these things as well, uh, but then. She, uh, after a lot of this stuff broke, she also posted, somebody had sent her, um, somebody sent this, what's the deal with all this talk about the missing girl in Prom Palm Springs? Do you believe he had anything to do with it? And this person writes, no, I don't. He had girls there the whole time. Uh, Dumas says, can I post this anonymously? Yes. Also, he wouldn't have done a whole press thing there if he had killed two people. So he did press stuff there. So they're saying he would not have done this. If he had killed two people, which, by the way, I posted this on my stories. I got a lot of comments of people going, he definitely would do this if he had this kind of hubris. He definitely would have done stuff like that is something he possibly would have done. Uh, here's another army hammer from Dumois. That woman went missing in June, right? Well, he left Cayman June 26th and landed in Miami. There's no way people are reaching. Did a road trip from Miami back to L.A. Uh, here's another one. This is one of my best friend's cousins, and no one is thinking she is in any way related to Army Hammer. The whole family doesn't know what happened and just wants word to continue to be spread about her. This is the girl that actually went missing they're talking about. Um, uh, I asked her about this, and she said the family has no idea about it. So if it's suspected about Army Hammer in the disappearance of this uh, woman, the police have not been in communication with that family. Um, so that's that's that. But I got to tell you, it really was scary for this stuff to come out because you're like, on one hand, like, there's no way, right? There's no way. But then on the other hand, you're like, well, why? I mean, I mean, all the other pieces are there. I mean, we read so much about 
murder and killers these days and we watch documentaries and we spend so much time and it it you know it, it takes us down all of these weird paths and I hate that our minds go there but your mind can't help go there I mean it's not like we're willing this to happen or or that we want this to be true but it it is weird because all these pieces seem to like fit in this weird place and at the same time you're like god I mean, you don't want to ever accuse anybody of any kind of murder or anything. Like, I mean, that's, but at the same time, all the stuff that we already are talking about him is pretty damn awful, too. So, even if the murder stuff isn't true, we already know there's like this weird pattern of abuse. And I'm not talking about kink shaming. I'm not, I mean, there's like a weird, really weird pattern of abuse towards women that I think we can definitely prove, you know, and especially if we are to believe all women. Uh, and I know people, um, so, so I don't know. So, it is something that really kind of, um, I don't know. It really has not sat well in my mind for the last couple of hours. Uh, And, you know, I know Army a little, uh, remember, and it's just weird. It's like it's weird those things. Like, you you know, somebody could say something about me and you would have no joke. I don't know. I'm just I don't I'm trying to like, I don't know. So regardless, we should be hearing something this week. I pray to God it's not this this murder stuff. I really, really I just. I I mean, and I hope they find these people. There are skeletal remains that have been found. Uh, so regardless, uh, army or not, hopefully, hopefully they can find out whoever did any of this stuff because that is just god-awful. And I'm so sorry to even – I know this is a little dark, so I, I do want to say trigger warning to all of this stuff, and I put that in the notes, and I'll be talking about that with Sophie as well. So, um, you know, but it is something that I do want to talk about because it, it does that. It intersects with so many things that we already talk about. Um there are so many message boards about Army Hammer stuff, and if you guys uh, – thank you to a couple people that have been sending me nonstop information about this. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Marissa Dominguez, she's always sending me great stuff. Uh, I'm trying to find the other name uh, that has been sending me information as well. Uh, if you guys ever think I get something wrong or want to give me more – oh, Jessica, uh, Marissa, if you guys – ever want to send me information i'm trying to piece this stuff together and there just seems like so much uh but there's just there's a lot so we're going to continue this conversation with my next guest sophie ross she is just an amazing writer you can follow her on twitter on instagram she does amazing as both but she's just really great we have a really natural flow the first 40 minutes of this i think we talk about so many other different pop culture stories and then i warn you when we start getting into the Marilyn manson army stuff uh but uh please i'm just so curious to hear what your opinions on are you know of all of this are i will be talking about whatever develops this week um and always if you do want to be on the podcast or have any of your opinions please leave me a voice note you can just record it on your phone uh, and email it to so bad it's good with ryan bailey at gmail.com so without further ado here is my friend writer sophie Russ. You guys, uh, welcome to the week, uh, the week ahead. We're going to talk a little bit about the week that we just left and stories that we have continued to follow, uh, horrifying stories these last uh, this last month. Uh, 
my guest today, you love her so much. I've had so many emails and uh, responses about her. So she has been nice enough to uh, join us again. I want to give a quick trigger warning at the beginning. We are probably going to have a lot of laughs today, but we will be talking about serious things. We'll probably talk about Marilyn Manson. We'll definitely be talking about Army Hammer. Uh, I'll also have um, links to uh, Suicide Prevention Hotline in the show notes. And if there's ever anything you need from me, you're always welcome to reach out. But I am so excited to be able to talk with all of this with somebody that can make way more sense of this than my feeble little mind. So welcome back to the show, Sophie Ross. Sophie, thank you so much. Hi, thanks for having me back. I yes. always have so much fun, even when we're talking about, you know, fucked up shit. Well, let's, let's ruin that experience for you today. <laughs> let's, uh, okay. Uh, I guess just starting off, this is Sunday. I was told uh, that it's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you told me that you want to do this earlier so you can watch the Super Bowl. Uh, what's up with that? Yeah, I know. I'm like randomly really into football. Like I don't know anything about any other sports, but I'm from Cincinnati and I grew up watching the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm like obsessed with football, really? but that's like the only sport that I know anything about. I couldn't even name five active NBA players. Like, I don't know anything about any other sport. Yeah. So, but I'm like super sporty because I watch football. Sometimes. I'm super, yeah. I played, uh, I played football in junior high in Can Olathe, Kansas. And it was so miserable that I, I lasted one season and then I ran to the drama club. Like I was like, I'm, I'm going to get into theater from here on out. <laughs> like there were, like, I just don't. What position were you? I, I was like a linebacker. Like I was, oh like, my God. And I, well, there's a, po there's a picture I'm going to post on my Instagram later today. Cause I found it just hysterical. And it was like clear, uh, clear. What is that? The uh, Friday night lights, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Can't or something. lose yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember I, I cried a lot. Like there were extras, there were drills where they would just have one guy stand over here. You'd stand 20 feet away. And then you would just run at each other and hit each other. I'm like, this is crazy. This is so it was good. like clear, clear eyes. And you're like, no, I'm literally crying. <laughs> literally, time. please. St there's so much good TV to watch. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> oh my God. No. And also, yeah, I respect it. Like there's, it's so hard. I can't even, and it's very dangerous. Obviously it's a very dangerous sport. That's very, you know, controversial for a reason, but um, yeah, I respect the hustle. Like I'm like, they wake up at like 5am and just beat each other up all day. Like if they can do that, like I can write my story. Like I find it kind of inspiring in its own way. Well, did you watch the Southern Charm reunion this week? Oh yeah. Well, I loved when Austin goes, I love when Shep goes, Austin, he is a changed man. This guy is up at 9 a.m. most mornings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying because we were expecting it to be like 5 a.m. Oh, and yeah. also when they were like an ex-MLB player and Danny was like, what's ex-MLB? MLB. Austin was like Major League Baseball. <laughs> well, see, that's for me. Uh, and, and, you know, I I, I have a, a, a group of guy friends that all love sports. And I'm the guy that they're, I mean, when we used to be able to hang out, I was the guy that I would talk with the girls. I would be over in the corner talking about the Kardashians and Bravo. And I was pretty like, and they, you know, they thought that was funny and cute. And I loved it. I loved talking to the girls rather than the guys. But that's where the intersection for me happens is that, like when Southern Charm brought up A-Rod and Jay Cutler, I was like, holy shit. Like it's sports is crossing my path it's once again. It's going mainstream. I get so excited too. 
because, you know, I'll bring it up to like the guys in my life and I'll be like, did you see like the A-Rod thing in Jay Cutler? <laughs> and they're saying Eric Decker. And that's when they like actually like start caring. Because if you just talk about Madison and Southern, like they don't give a shit. But like, wait, are you telling me the guys you did go, wow, this girl really knows her stuff. I like this girl. Well, also it is a very, and my friends are like, you definitely only pretend to like football so you can like get in guys' pants, which is not true. That's so boring. That would be so horrible to like something so dumb. Like It's stupid. And that's just something I would never do. Like I'm just, I'm authentically myself, but I just feel like it's a very good, like if you're trying to flirt with a guy, you're like, so like, how crazy is it that Derrick Henry didn't get any MVP votes? Like, Wait, you something like that. So with that same token, I could, uh, if bars ever open, it, open again, I could be like, uh, wow, Craig really uh, went after Madison, huh? Yes. Like, that would be yes. a good flirting opening line. It goes both line. ways. And with all <laughs> the stock market stuff, I always say that, like, stock market in sports that's like astrology and bravo shows for girls like that's like for us like that's what we get really excited about and we like freak out and do all of our research about and with straight guys i feel like a lot of it is like stocks and sports yeah that's why on twitter that was like the, it was like the stock market uh boyfriend and the astrology girlfriend yes and it's and so accurate why <laughs> can't my mind comprehend astrology like i know it matters so much to women especially and like <laughs> You know, I've I've had to find out my uh, exact, you know, time I was born yeah. for multiple people and I always forget it. And then I have to go back and I have to ask my mom and she's like, oh, you're talking to a girl again. I see. Yes. You know, like, and I know, but it's like, I don't, it's that stubborn, I guess this is what I'm learning about being a Taurus is that I'm stubborn, but it's like, I don't, I want to be able to think that I can predict my own fate, that I can work hard to like not have the stars tell me anything, you know? See, I don't think that the stars they don't cause anything. They just explain things. And it's just like, you know, how the moon can affect. And I'm like, seriously, not an astrology expert. I just, um, I enjoy it. And I think I'm like such an Aries. And I think it's funny because I think you're a Taurus. See, like, but that means nothing to me when you say Aries. I'm like, okay, I know. Cool. You could have said any sign. I'd be like, yes. I know. It's just a funny ex- way of explaining weird things happening in the universe because when mercury's in retrograde at least for me like i feel it like things are going wrong things are like weird and it just explains things and it just makes sense and it's just crazy to read about sometimes but yeah like i understand the skepticism for sure well and it says those co-star and the pattern and i'm on those apps yeah, and- people don't like the co-star oh, by the way because the founder was canceled you talked about this right didn't you talk about yes. this in a tweet or something? Oh my God, I can't. So it was, um, and I like am not, I don't follow that many apps, but I did have CoStar, so I deleted it. But she basically admitted that she tries to like psychologically terrorize the CoStar um, people that have the app and get the push notifications. So she would make them really scary just to keep people hooked because <laughs> apparently it was like a, a psycho <laughs> dopamine thing. And it's just like, that's like fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up. But I, I had to delete the notifications because it really was starting to affect my mood or it was exactly. just like, I, well, cause it'll always be like, you're entering a four week period of horribleness, you know? And you're just like, I don't yes. want to know, but I will say the mercury in retrograde, I was told this week that it affects like um, tech, you'll have some technological mishaps. And yes. I got to say, I've had three computer mishaps in the last week and it, 
I got to say that I was like, I hated that I even was like, oh, retrograde, you know? No, it's true. It's like just how, and I, it sounds so stupid when I say this, but I read it somewhere and astrologists, when they explain it, sounds way more articulate, but it's just like, you know how the moon can affect like tide, like the ocean tide. Like it's just, of course, like the energy can be affected by where the planets are. I don't know. It just makes sense <laughs> to me. And I also, but I also believe like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, I just like trusting the universe because I feel like it it makes things less stressful. No, I, I, I agree. But um, OK, let's start small here. Let's let me hit you with a new story. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump lands new show overserved with Lisa Vanderpump. Uh, she is returning. Uh, she's going to be on the E! Network, which you guys that is an affiliate affiliate of Bravo and NBC. Um, but it is going to have the restaurateur, age 60, uh, having guests to Villa Rosa, where they'll partake in cocktails, conversation, and other fun festivities. How does that hit you, Sophie? I have zero interest. I have zero <laughs> interest in Lisa Vanderpump ever seeing her really on my screen again. I don't even think she's why, necessary. Why this strong? Why this strong, Sophie? I think that she is has so much internal misogyny the way that she speaks to, you know, this past season, for instance, Charlie and Danica, but she's excused Jax Taylor's behavior for how many years? I'm just sick of her. And the way that she has, you know, perpetuated all of these, you know, white, white servers, no diversity ever. She, the way that, you know, I, and Billy Lee was not my favorite you know, VPR cast member by a long shot just because of her behavior. But the way that, you know, the one transgender cast member was treated by the cast and how Lisa allowed the fans to treat her. And I don't know. I just, I think that Lisa in 2021 is, is problematic. And I don't know why she's being awarded with another show. Like even the Vanderpump Rules viewers are sick of her. Well, will this, I mean, you know, I, I, First off, I don't know why they actually spelled it overserved and not over S U R V E D. It's like actually oh, the overserved. That's a majorly missed opportunity. I feel that's weird. Uh, I find it weird that they announced this show before they even announced Vanderpump Rules is coming back, which kind of weirds me out. We did find out on this podcast two weeks ago that Ariana is part of a holding deal. So they have paid her to keep her schedule open, which is usually a sign that the show will come back. But this to me has, remember that Cocktails with Chloe show? Mm -hmm. On E, where it was like Khloe Kardashian having, it was like the Bigfoot of shows where you always heard it existed, but you never watched. Wait, it wasn't even, was it on E? I think it may have been on one of the random channels that Khloe, you know how Khloe is sometimes on these, because Revenge yes. Body was on E, but I oh. think- it was on some was random on like channel that, uh, yeah, like WeTV, I'm pretty sure. And just no one watched it. And like, no one cared. Like, I just don't care about watching random So this won't even be a hate watch for you. This won't even be a hate watch. I just simply don't care. Like, there's just nothing to me that I, like... I can't even think of anything I care less about. Well, the E's official press release made me laugh. It says Lisa invites viewers to extravagant garden at Villa Rosa for an El Fresco evening full of unexpected surprises and revealing moments as she hosts two to three celebrity guests for an unforgettable night full of cocktails, games, and delicious feasts crafted entirely by Lisa herself with immersive themes like diva tea, Beverly Hills comfort food, and ladies who brunch to trips to Cabo, Tuscany, Japan, and more. 
Lisa brings her signature cosmopolitan flair to every aspect of the festivities. Uh, guests will include Cheryl Burke, Ga- Ga- Gabriel Iglesias, Iggy Azalea, Jaleel White, Joel McHale, Lance Bass, Mario Lopez, Steve-O, Tori Spelling, and uh, DJ James Kennedy and Lala Kent will be uh, included as well. Okay. Enough said. When you listed listed off the guests, because it was like celebrity guests, I'm like, how celebrity are we talking? Because you know how busy Phillips had her show and she had some like real celebrity friends. Yeah, big time. Those aren't. I would say like maybe the most interesting one that I would watch is Iggy Azalea. But like other than that, no. Even even DJ James Kennedy, who's quote, I'm repping right now. Yeah, she guys, she's wearing it. It's not about the pasta sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh, very apropos. I I just I really just like Steve-O. Like <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's just it's um well, and also DJ James Kennedy, we won't even get something good there because anytime he's around Lisa, he becomes a complete kiss ass. Yeah. Like he just really just like the way, oh, Lisa. that's the other thing. The way that they treat her on the show, like she is untouchable, like she is like God, Lisa. I'm just like, Lisa. no. Well, yeah. it, it's very interesting. Uh, also, her stance, her stances really tend to change depending on, I think, you know, uh, allegedly on what I see benefits her. So when all that Stassi stuff went down, she was like, yes, she's off the show. It's ridiculous. This is crazy. And then a month ago, I think she sent out a press release of like, you know, we we should have had her learn this on the show. It's just a really shame. You know, like she changed yeah. her stance. And- yeah, yeah. She, I thought that she was has interesting. like no, no morals. She just, yeah, she does whatever will make her the most money at the time. But yeah. And I mean, same goes for her not firing Max and Brett when their like original, like racist tweets came out. And I, I think they still work at um, Tom Tom or at least Max does. Max does. But I mean, Tom Tom is like fairly non-existent still. So yeah. I mean, that's that, you know, they're not working. Um, Okay, you guys, we're going to do a little, uh, like I told you last week, what to uh, watch on TV this week or what to set your DVRs if they interest you. Let's go over the Watch What Happens Live list for this week. Monday, after the Below Deck, uh, we have Ashling Lorger and Elizabeth Franchini, who are on the show. Tuesday, we have Fortune Feimster and Vanessa Bayer. Wednesday is a great one. After the Real Housewives of Salt Lake uh, reunion part one, Mary Cosby and Bridget Everett. I think that'll be a great one. Hmm. That'll be a good one. And Thursday, I have a lot of questions for Mary, and I hope on Watch What Happens Live, they let the audience ask her about what is going on with her church. Supposedly, Andy said on Watch What Happens Live this week that he does ask those questions because Jeff Lewis was on Thursday night's episode or Wednesday night's episode after uh, Salt Lake, and Jeff even said, "Like, hey, I don't think Mary Cosby should be back on the show, and I think she's." Uh, using church money uh, and we're seeing all of these extravagant riches and Andy goes, I ask all of that. Believe me, you will be surprised by the answers. I still don't think I'll be that surprised. Like somebody can, it just seems weird. I mean, by the way, did you watch Salt Lake this week, the finale? Yes. And you, and you see her in the church and it's just like the way that she talks to them. It's just like, I don't know. Like people are obsessed with Mary because she's so like unintentionally funny and kind of mysterious. But after watching that episode, I was like, something's not right here. And I feel like she is like robbing her church practitioners blind. Wait, you felt like that after this episode? I felt like that after the first episode of the season. Like I was like, well, yes. Yeah. 
So I, but throughout the season, I was like, eh, I don't know. Like she's funny. But then like after the finale, I was like, no, this isn't funny anymore. Well, you know, and, and also watching her parishioners watch her was the most disturbing part of it for me because that to me was like cult-like. They mm-hmm. looked like they were like in a trance watching her. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, you've been saved. You've been lost. You've been, and like people were like crying and she was calling the one guy like, oh, you gained weight, drink water. Like it was just bizarre, yeah. you know? Oh my God. Very, very bizarre. And I'm interested to see when they watch the show or I mean, they've already watched the show because it's already aired, but like when they saw like the kind of purchases and how she has houses and closets full of clothes that she doesn't wear and accessories she doesn't use. It's like, what do they think of that? That doesn't seem very Christian. Well, so Sophie, like, don't you think that all of this can is their money? Well, this is all admissible in court. You know what I'm saying? Like we see this with Erica Jane is that when she was bragging about all of those houses and all of those closets of clothes, I was like, oh, this will make its way into a court case someday. Like not even oh, in a absolutely. joking way. I was like, this will be used. This is all admissible, you know? Yeah, it's it's all very, very bizarre. And that's why like when I hear that Mary's going to be on Watch What Happens Live, I'm like, I wonder like what kind of questions the audience will ask her. Well, Watch What Happens Live, they usually get like, they'll get some of the questions that Andy asks from they Twitter. They do screen them, yeah. But, but also what I think is great is, he lets Andy's interview style, he'll, he'll let the hard questions go to Twitter users. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, Oh, okay. Here's one. Why did you cheat on your wife? You know, like he doesn't have yeah. to ask the, t- he blames it. I love that technique. He, he like absolves himself of the responsibility yes. and the awkwardness of like asking the question, just be like Twitter user, like cocksucker 69. <laughs> and then, and then the two audience questions, they have the virtual audience now. And I was a part of the virtual audience. They will uh, ask who wants to ask the question. And usually everybody says yes. And then they tell you which questions you're going to ask. You don't get to ask your own question. So they'll oh. they'll ask. Those two are asked by somebody else. And then Thursday night, we have Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House and Matt James from The Bachelor. Are you still watching The Bachelor? Yes. And that should be an interesting episode. I actually have worked with Lindsay um, in... A because I'm a writer and she does PR, obviously. Hub House, Hub House PR. That's what it's one. called, Hub House. Yes, Hub House, <laughs> Hub House PR. So <laughs> Lindsay and I have like worked together and um hung out a little bit, and she's like the best. I haven't spoken to her since you know in a while, but I kind of want to reach out about this new season and like get some tea. But yeah, Lindsay's great, and I've been watching The Bachelor and. I I don't know. There's a lot going on this season with The Bachelor. Well, okay. Have I have been watching um, uh, begrudgingly. Like Matt James, I feel is, I, I know he's good looking. I know that. I know he he's- no personality. That's it exactly. Is that like, I, like I was thinking about like when I first started watching The Bachelor, people were like Bob Guinea, who was just full of personality. But I don't know if you, that's, it might be a little bit yeah, before your time. Yeah, I remember him. I remember but him. But like, you know, like people looking and also had like this magnetic personality and Matt James I know he's objectively hot I know that but there's nothing I don't I, I'm sure he's a maybe he's a like nice a guy cardboard. like he has no personality and yeah it sucks like I they need to be better about casting leads because I feel like they try to you know force someone on us and it's like no you have to listen to 
you know, I don't know who would have been a better bachelor, but it just doesn't become believable at this point that, you know, like we're supposed to be like, this guy is so sexy and amazing. Just because like at this point, we all think of him as like this unsexy, like boring guy who yeah. dance, does TikTok dances without music. But when do we, when do we accept as a, as a, as a nation, as a group of people that, um, if you're sexy and you don't have a personality, you're less sexy. Like it personality exactly. does actually make you like sexier or less sexy, but like, I'm kind of tired of each episode, him coming into a room and they always have the takeaway, like talking head of like, he just gets sexier and sexier, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I just, I think it's so interesting also because Tasha, by contrast, Tasha was like, so like, magnetic and like emotionally intelligent and just like full of life. And you could tell that the guys were genuinely enamored by her, which made like the finale when, you know, the proposal just made it. So it was like the most heartfelt, genuine proposal that's ever happened because it's like Tasha was actually like this amazing lead that you could tell the guys were genuinely falling in love with. And if you don't have a good lead, it's all fake. Like all of like, yeah. I'm falling in love with you. Like they have to say it, but it's not real. And like, all of the other seasons in recent memory just doesn't it hasn't felt like they're genuinely falling in love just because they feel like they have to say it because the lead is like you know the lead is like okay I kind of want to do this like I want to test the my theory out is that like me watching it as a grown man and watching a 22 year old lady say that she's falling in love with Matt James I just laugh at it and I, I think the show becomes even more laughable but I would love to talk to a 16 year old girl and see what they, you know, because I'm like a 22 year old girl does not know what love is and doesn't know, like, they can't just say they're falling in love, but like a 16 year old girl watching a 22 year old girl, is it any different? Do they go, wow, she really is in love, you know? it. That's an interesting thing that I actually haven't thought about is like, you know, like, yeah, the, the little girls that are watching it that are like, wow, this is what love is. It's yes. like, no, that is not what love is at all. <laughs> they, they're going to grow be up like expecting to be on group dates, you know? I know on their like second date with a guy, they're going to be like, I think I'm falling in love with you. <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> I just, I just want to make their, their dates again. So I can just like, uh, come upon like a wooded area and then like, uh, the host steps out and goes, ladies and gentlemen, train. And they're like, hey, so sister. Like, I, I miss those things of when it would be like some shitty B-level band singing like a song that they have to dance to in front oh of cameras, you know? But train would even be like, that would be legit. That's a big, like, that's usually, a big it's, one. usually it's some like C-list, not even C-list, like Z-list country singer that like no one's ever heard of. Um. Okay, well, speaking of this, because they usually have country singers, let me hit you with this. This is a little bit more of a serious one. Morgan Wallen, the country mm -hmm. singer, last week, uh, he was revealed his neighbors filmed him drunkenly saying the N-word um, outside of his own house. Re they released it to the media. Like, I guess he's been, like, you know, really creating havoc on that street. His record label, uh, I think they said paused their record contract, whatever yeah. paused means. Um, yes. The interesting part of this story, I guess, or the story, the part of it that makes me a little scared or worried is that his record sales shot up 133% or something insane where he's at the top of the charts. This actually improved his record sales. Uh, any thoughts on this? I mean, it's not surprising. I am not a country music person and not all country fans are obviously like racist. Yes. I don't want to say that at all. That's yeah, not even we're what not I'm saying. Like, no, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. Obviously not. But the fact that, you know, this 
person exists where that word with a hard R would be yeah. in his vocabulary. It wasn't like he was like rapping along to a song or like singing. No, he was music. calling his friend that. He was calling his friend that. Right. He was he was using that word like in his regular vocabulary. And I don't know, was it his neighbor swelling or was it their like app? Well, you know, the, the door, oh, there, no, there, there was a couple, there was his neighbor filming and there was a ring doorbell. Oh, so you okay. had it from two different angles. You had it on the second floor and then you had it on the first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. He obviously, you know, had this persona where he didn't think he was being watched. And I'm like, that. those are your, you know, your true colors. Like, why is that word even in your vocabulary? Like for him to come out and be like, I'm sorry now. It's like, that was in your vocabulary to begin with. There's no going back from that really. And the fact that he, I think he's had like some other issues before this. I am just, I am just really now hearing about this guy recently because apparently he is just, he was just starting to blow up right before well, this. Well, the interesting thing about Morgan, the reason I know him was that he was the second musical guest on SNL for this past season. And yeah. he was let go of that yes. because he was filmed partying without masks in front of college students when the big deal when they first started SNL back this season was that they are following rules to a T we are putting everybody in a protective bubble, blah, blah, blah. Like every, like they wanted to make sure the show could go on. So when this video came out of like four days before this guy's supposed to perform on SNL, they have him playing with the video. So Jack White came in and did his thing instead of Morgan Wallen, Morgan Wallen was invited back later on in the season. Um, and he, you know, after another apology, it just seems like this guy is, you know, consistently making mistakes. But I think maybe that's a representation for a lot of us of just not taking things as serious as we can. That's the mask issue. The the N-word issue. And by the way, I really want to think like well, country music. I have so many friends that love and love this guy. Love. I don't know country music that well, but love this yeah, guy. My country music friends like love him. Yeah, that's what I'm love. saying. He's like really blowing but up. Also, uh, the SNL thing. He was, I think, making out with country students. So it wasn't yes, yes, like true. Or country students, college students. College country, students, yeah. Country <laughs> students too. I've been but to like, country college. The fact, it wasn't like he was just like at a party, you know, like, you know, like, and it's not, you shouldn't be at parties right now, but maybe if you're like at an outdoor like barbecue and it's like, I didn't know the extent. The fact that he was fucking making out with people during this pandemic, he wasn't just partying massless. I'm like, this is a guy that literally doesn't give a shit. And it's like, no, he And also letting be people film him. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. like we kind of know, I mean, and this wasn't paparazzi shots. These were girls putting it on their Snapchat. You know, it's like, you know, when somebody's putting a camera in your face, I know it's a little different with paparazzi shots, but it also kind of, you know, there is a little bit of this in the Army Hammer story as well of just the arrogance Mm -hmm. uh, that celebrities have of thinking yes. that their shit doesn't stink enough where they can continually put stuff out there and they're not even seem concerned about it being used against them. It's like not a thought in their head. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's like this. Yeah. Obviously it's this white, powerful, wealthy male arrogance where they think they're indestructible because society leads them to believe that they are. And yeah, and I think also a lot of it comes from narcissism when, you know, these guys start to blow up and everyone becomes obsessed with them and they, you know, it goes to their head. I feel like obviously any famous person has a little, whether it's healthy or unhealthy in some people's case, dose of narcissism. 
And yeah, it's just stupid. It's like, it's just fucking stupid. I'm, I'm just I, curious where, I mean, I, I think that I'm curious if like the increase in sales were a bunch of people saying, no, you will not cancel him. He has, but I'm like, what are yeah. we, what are we fighting for? Are we fighting for his right to use the N word? What are we, I mean, what is the like, no, you will not take him away from us. If like people want, he, if he want, yeah. If he wants to practice his right to say the N word and self self-publish his own albums or whatever you call it, fine. But I think it's more so we need to make sure the record labels and the people, you know, the the people who hold the power on power in the music industry that profit so much off of, you know, black creators and black voices aren't, you know, holding this guy up because they shouldn't be. If he wants to fucking make money from his stupid racist fans somehow, there's nothing we can really do to stop that, but we should make it as difficult as possible for him to be, you know, me made like a, what's the word pariah of the music industry. And I, and I want to make it clear. I do not, I'm not in any way saying all of his fans are racist at all. Like you yeah, can no. like music and have I've had musicians let me down personally time and time again. I mean, hell Jay-Z supposedly cheated on Beyonce and that hurt me. It will never know what happened in that elevator when Solange supposedly beat the shit out of Jay-Z, you know? Um, yeah. And I mean, like the, I completely understand not being able to separate the art from the artist. There are a lot of examples myself, but like you can like Morgan's music and be a good person. I'm friends with lots of people who love his music, but I, the fact that his music sales spiked after the end, that's the thing, part that, that's the part that like blows yeah. my mind. He clearly you know? has a fan base out there that, you know, wants to keep, supporting him and protecting him but at least steal his music then you know don't pay him for his music well that's the thing it's like it's if you like his music that's one thing but this guy is clearly a piece of shit and like he shouldn't be you know at these award shows or whatever yeah. it is. I think the Country Music Awards actually uh, said he's not performing. So there are repercussions. Yeah. It's just very interesting that one thing happened. Sophie, I even have bigger news for you. Did you realize we had a return of a legend this week? Wh- which one? How do you say cucumber? Hilaria Baldwin oh, comes yeah. back, <laughs> makes her triumphant return to Instagram with yes. a post says... I've spent the last month listening, reflecting, and asking myself how I can learn and grow. My parents raised my brother and me with two cultures, American and Spanish, and I feel a true sense of belonging to both. The way I've spoken about myself and my deep connection to two cultures could have been better explained. I should have been more clear, and I'm sorry. I'm proud of the way I was raised, and we're raising our children to share the same love and respect for both. Being vulnerable and pushing ourselves to learn and grow is what we built our community on, and I hope to get back to the supportive and kind environment we built together. Uh, Sophie, thoughts? I can't. It's just so <laughs> ridiculous. He's basically doubling down yes! with the lie, being like, well, I was I was raised with two cultures. I should have been more clear. It's like, no, you actually lied. You misled your followers. You appropriated an entire culture. You appropriated the story of an immigrant. And it's been proven many, many, and it's been many proven. times. There's no- yeah, it's just a horrible look. And the fact that she's like, I want to go back to this being a supportive community. We're not just going to forget. Like, no one's going to let it go. I think that she obviously, you know, a lot of news has happened since then. She should have stayed quiet until that she was really ready to take full accountability and be like, this is why what I did was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm ready to, you know, lead a more, you know, truthful life here and be myself. Thank you for letting me, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
she should have, you know, come out and just taken full accountability and she's still fucking doubling down. It's like, what was the point? She clearly just missed Instagram. Well, that's the thing is that like, you know, like she obviously needs, she needs, she, there's something in her that led her to do this initially that she still has within her that she needs to be back. The part that gets me is I've spent the last month listening, reflecting and asking. And it's like, wow, you, you did the month. Congratulations. Like, she's like, my month is my month in jail is over. Can I come back? And she got, she got 103,000 likes on this, which for Hillary is double usually what, I mean, well, it's, it's in the realm of, what she usually gets. So it seems like people are forgiving, I guess, of her. I just, I mean, the fact that she's like, I'm list, I've been listening and the comments are turned off. <laughs> That's like the best. I've been listening. No comments. Erica Jane does that a lot too. Now, um, uh, is there, is there an example of a good apology, uh, of a pop culture person that has actually apologized correctly? And I know maybe that's um, not for us to judge, but is there anything that's like, you can recall that's like, wow, they actually handled that with grace there. I mean, there are probably more examples. There aren't a lot of examples, but the one that comes to mind that I thought was handled semi well was Alison Roman. Oh, the, the Chrissy Teigen, uh, New York Times chef that the debacle. Yeah. Yes. I can't remember exactly what her apology. It was just very, very like herself, um, flagellating herself. Am I saying that word? Right. Like, uh, uh, flagellating, uh, flagellating, like really, really, really beating herself up, taking accountability, saying exactly what she did, why, what she did was wrong. Like being very precise with her words. It was really long. It was just like very thorough and addressed every point instead of this, like vague, like when it's like vague and you're not, I'm sorry for being, for not being clear or whatever hilarious. Like, that's not what what you should be sorry for. And that's not what anyone is saying you should be sorry for. So it's just like an inherent, you know, mishandling of an apology for sure. But in terms of pop culture and celebrity, I just, I find it fascinating that this is when you really see how much these people need this. Mm -hmm. They need this dopamine hit. They need, they cannot not, they cannot just have a normal life with their kids. This is something that they need along with their kids. They want people to see this. They want people to see them. They want people to envy their lives. And she wants back on that track, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also think of like, um, I don't know if you remember following the, the Ariel Charnas saga when she, that was the the influencer who went to the Hamptons when she was COVID positive. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she, that was that influencer that I wrote that whole thread on. And she, like, could not stay off Instagram. Like, she was, like, three weeks during, like, this whole, like, media, you know, PR nightmare that she was handling. And you could tell that, like, it was so hard for her to stay off Instagram. Like, she had to come back the second she could and be like, I'm sorry, I'm back. It's like, you can't just, like, leave Instagram for, like, a couple months, get your shit together, figure your life out, focus on yourself, focus on your family. It's like, no, these people the attention is oxygen to them. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they, they, it feels like they're starving. Um, uh, this week also we had, uh, real housewives of Beverly Hills star, Erica Jane, $16 million Pasadena mansion burglarized, um, which this, this, this home is being sold because of the court cases. Tom Girardi is now under a conservatorship. Uh, his brother is, is under that conservatorship, but her mansion got burglarized. Like, I mean, is this, is this an inside job? Is is Mikey in there? Like what, I mean, what, it is weird when these things start to happen, you know? 
I don't know what to believe, honestly. I haven't I haven't been keeping up with the Erica Jane story that much in recent days, but I mean, Erica is f- losing it in front of our eyes. And well, there's not been much. That- you know, there's not been much in the Erica Jane, you know, except of love, like, yeah, she's losing it. And she's consistently, she's another one where she is like over posting now. It's like, she's exactly. trying to, trying to create, trying to cement her brand as, as fast as she can before everything's taken exactly. away. It's like watching a spiral and it's kind of satisfying to watch but it's also kind of sad for sure. It, it's weird. Whoever's I mean, I don't feel account, bad for Erica, but it's like, she's just spiraling. Well, it just, uh, whoever's running her account though. I don't know if it's her or somebody else. They think they're pulling jokes on all of us and they keep like, Oh, this is just for my friends. Don't comment. You guys wouldn't get it. She thinks she's being kind of snarky and funny, but it just kind of looks sad and kind of planned out. Exactly. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for sure. But as someone who, you know, I have watched her behavior on Beverly Hills and hated it even before all of this happened. So yeah, I'm like, you know what? You reap what you sow. And clearly, you know, there was a lot of freaking shady shit and Erica is not innocent in all of this at all. Even if she hasn't been, you know, criminally indicted or charged or whatever it is yet, like clearly, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be in the works for a while. So it is interesting to see how she is going to land on her feet, how this all plays out. Uh, God, there is so, I, I, I love talking to you so much. There's so many things to talk about. Speaking of conservatorship, I watched a documentary on Friday. Um, what, what happened? I, sorry. I was just, you were literally being verbatim about Erica Jane. Yes. I told you she just posted that right before I got on the air with you. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's what I was talking about is that, but also guys, she staged a photo of her outside of a KFC in Burbank. Those were uh, photos from back grid agency, which is the agency that hires that's like the Kardashians hire to take photos of them. Everything at this point is planned by Erica Jane or her team. So even that KFC photo, which looks kind of innocuous and like, oh, stars, they're just like us. They eat at KFC. That's what she's trying to present. So right now we're in this kind of spiral of her trying to present us with a certain image. And to me, just seeing all this stuff so much, it kind of saddens me because it doesn't seem still very real. But but for the most part, people probably believe this. Um, you watched the Britney Spears, uh, the framing Britney Spears, New York Times on FX documentary. Yes. And everyone needs to watch it if you haven't watched it yet. What, what Any overall thoughts on it? I mean, it just made me oh really my God, sad. It's just so disturbing. You can't even wrap your mind around how serious it is because it's been such a thing for so long. Like she's been a punchline and it's so, and as someone who I categorize myself as like a Britney stan and I have for a long time now. Um, it's, and I'm not like hardcore, like the people in the documentary, like those people have put in the work for her. And it's just, thank God that she has the support system of fans, but basically you can't wrap your mind around how serious it is that they have literally framed her to make her look unhinged for so long now and driven her to the brink to get control of her assets. Like it's, it's crazy. You know, it is weird having lived through every period of time that they talk about in this documentary, 
But you're right. I was so used to Britney Spears being made fun of. I was so used to making fun of Britney Spears. And this is where it's like, I do. Like, I tend to look at things from like a really kind of slanted, like humorous angle. Like if I think of Britney Spears, I always go back to that time when she dated Fred Durst for a second. And I make that, that makes me laugh. There's like so much pop culture history in there that kind of is quirky and makes me laugh. But when you see it all presented in this way, you see like Jay Leno making horrible slut jokes about Britney. You see uh, 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 here, Justin Timberlake going on air to promote his album and they ask if you know oh come on you had sex with her right and he's like oh I can't say that oh you know I did you know like <laughs> you you see yeah. these moments and the thing that really is that you see her and you see her with light in her eyes and you see her uh being funny being in charge of things and then you show you slowly see that light fading out through the course of this you know you have that infamous Diane Sawyer um interview that we talked about on this show last week where she starts crying um and then by the end what we're left with now is these Instagram videos that she posts which mm -hmm. i know she seems happy and all that stuff but i don't think anybody can argue that that's the same Britney Spears from 20 years ago you know oh her instagram is beyond disturbing and i think the thing that's interesting also is the way that Britney was treated when she was an up and coming like really young artist by the press with not only this Justin Timberlake stuff not only her being a mom, but just in general, like that stuff would never fly today um, because of just how, you know, misogynistic everyone was to her and how horrible they treated her. And yeah, it would never fly. It's like, that's what also why I'm happy for Twitter, because as soon as, you know, someone treats a celebrity wrong, those fans on Twitter are all over it. And, you know, I'm, I'm usually not, you know, one that is like defending celebrities, but I'm like, Britney was just completely, completely abused by everyone in her life. And she's given us so much. We should all be, you know, making noise to try to protect her. It's just well, wild. And that's what the documentary points out is that the fans are making noise and it is making a difference. They do uh, highlight the free Britney movement. And it actually is mentioned in the uh, conservatorship uh, court documents that Britney is aware and encourages. I think it was like the thoughtful consideration or or something of the <laughs> or like the uh, informed uh, cooperation of her fans, yeah. uh, which I think is just amazing. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, there were parts of that documentary where it shows like just a bunch of interviewers asking her about her boobs, you know, like where it's yeah. like men don't get that where she was. Yeah, to, it's like the same kind and of thing, even like them, everyone just blaming her automatically for the Justin Timberlake breakup being like, oh, I did. I, I was like, him. I was like, how dare you hurt him? But it kind of had Southern charm uh, Austin vibes when Austin was crying this week because of Madison. And I almost felt bad for Austin and then had to remind myself, oh, this dude probably cheated on her 150 yeah. times, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's always, it's like, why is it her fault? Like, why are we automatically like a breakup is a two-way street? I don't know. It's just like the fact that everyone was so, so, so horrible to her and just completely ruined her. I mean- uh, it's just so, so sad. Like when I was watching it, it's hard not to like cry. If you've just been a Britney fan over the years, it's just so sad. I was surprised that they got the cooperation of Felicia, who was her assistant, I guess. I think that's her name, Felicia. Uh, yeah, and they have, yeah, yeah. Uh, from what, what is her town? Kentwood, Tennessee or, or, or where Louisiana. she's from. Oh, Louisiana. Yeah. And, yeah. and they have her talking and I remember seeing pictures of her, like, this is the person you have to go through to get to Brittany or like, you know, and I was surprised they got her on, uh, on camera talking about it. And she seems, 
you know, just really like she cares about Brittany and she didn't really say anything bad about anybody. She kind of chose her words carefully, but I am curious what the Jamie Spears of it all. He wasn't involved in a lot of her childhood activities, but now he gets to control her financial activities. I don't understand. I don't understand how that was one thing that I kind of like am unclear with because that was the one person that she didn't want to have control over her finances. So it's just crazy to me that our legal system allows that to happen. Like that's still what I'm unclear about is like how that was even legally allowed for him to be the one to control when she explicitly, I guess when you, when you deem someone unfit to make their own decisions, but it's like, she clearly, you know, was able to make her own decisions. I just think it's wild. Like they, I think in the documentary says, we don't know what we don't know. There is something in those court papers initially that we still don't know what is that yeah. triggered the initial conservatorship. We yeah. don't know, you know, she had a couple mental breakdowns. Yeah. She had a couple, uh, and, and her original, uh, attorney was on there that got taken off the case from the mm-hmm. first hearing, which is just so wild. I don't know why even that happened. And then she got appointed. Uh, but imagine you guys imagine being so rich or not imagine being rich and famous and, and moving like so many ball. people. And then having to pay the court fees of everybody involved in this to get your own freedom back. She has to pay for her dad's lawyers. She has to pay for her own lawyers. I mean, just to get her freedom. I love that she will not work until Jamie is off the case. So that's what I love. I love that she refuses to work. Yep. Me too. I love it. I love it. Free, free Brittany. Truly, you know. Um, Okay. So getting into the more serious stuff. This, uh, I, I think it's been about a week and a half, um, we got presented with Marilyn Manson news. Now, we should not, at this point, really be presented with any Marilyn Manson news because he's long, I mean, in my head, long, his time has long been gone of, like, being a viable musician. Uh, sorry to say that, but his big, you know, hits were about 20 years ago. But Evan Rachel Wood came out about a week and a half ago and finally named um, the person that abused her, and it was Brian Warner, a.k.a. Marilyn Manson. Um, A lot of stuff has come out since then, including Evan Rachel Wood saying that Marilyn Manson's wife is threatening to release damaging underage photos of her to blackmail her into shutting up. Wait, that's that. This is my first time hearing that part. Yeah, this is just yesterday. Yeah. That's his uh, that's his plan. Well, so Evan Rachel Wood revealed on, this is from Yahoo Entertainment News, Evan Rachel Wood revealed on Saturday that she filed a police report last month after Marilyn Manson's wife threatened to release damaging photos. Uh, Quote, on December 19th, I had to file a police report after I was alerted to threats made by at Leslie Lane and Lindsay Usich official, who is uh, Marilyn Manson's wife, for conspiring to release photos of me when I was underage, she wrote in an Instagram story on Saturday morning. Oh, well, get, get all of them for the underage um like pornography charge why do they even have those like they uh, come on well and then evan rachel wood shared one of the photos they were threatening to release which showed her wearing a german military style hat and a drawn-on mustache saying that the photos were taken in las vegas after one of Marilyn manson's shows wood says she was given large amounts of drugs and alcohol at the party where the photos were taken adding that the threat was to quote ruin my career and quote shut me up wood also posted a screenshot of the police report with identifying information blacked out um, earlier this week woods identified manson as her abuser um, saying that he groomed her while she was still a teenager and then horribly horrifically abused her for years i was brainwashed manipulated into submission um so this yeah. is another horrible story and since then a lot of other Marilyn manson victims have come forward 
Yep. And similar to the army stuff, there's a lot of very sadistic, like torture, like just very fucked up stuff. And Evan Rachel Wood was a teenager. He was was like a 30 something. So, you know, uh, legally, you know, she was of age. But when you think of the power imbalance there and all of that stuff, it's like this should have been, you know, never allowed in the first place. But, you know, how manipulators work. But what I thought was the most disturbing thing about this was that she said he literally, when she was in trouble, or I don't know if this happened multiple times or more than once, but at least one time, he would electric shock her. Yeah, cattle prod, yeah. Yeah, whatever you call it, like a shock stick, not a taser, but like a, I don't even know what it's called. But he would literally electrocute her and like shock her and torture her. And the other thing was that he, their uh, friend, well, some of his friends have gone on record. Uh, well, I don't think friends any longer, but Wes Borland, the old uh, guitarist of Limp Biscuit, came forward and said, Marilyn Manson is a bad dude. I was He was his guitarist uh, 15 years ago in Marilyn Manson's band and saw a lot of the behavior and said, this guy's a sick dude. He needs help. Uh, we all know it. None of us came forward. Um, we all owe, uh, evident apology. And there were, uh, things where they would, um, make his friends would make fun of, or he would make fun of Evan Rachel Wood in front of his friends and call her a Jew and call her like, you know, Oh, you know what? You're not, thank God. You're not a blood Jew. You're, you know, you just act like a Jew. And like, that was like direct quoted in, uh, an article and everybody says, well, it's Marilyn Manson. What do you expect? No, 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 no. That's bullshit. No, no, yeah, please. Please. I mean, I love it when celebrities come out, when other celebrities come out. And that's what I'm waiting for with so many. It's so disappointing. Even like the Alexander Wing stuff. He has a lot of famous celebrity friends that have been That's the designer, right? Fashion designer who has been accused of raping other men and transgender women multiple throughout the years. Like very, so many stories. And no, no celebrities have come out against him. Like, I think it's so important that celebrities come out and, you know, like, I don't even know who that guy is, that Limp Biscuit guy, but good on him. And it also reminds me of, I think that, you know, there's a Jared Leto story coming from what I'm hearing. I hear a lot of Jared Leto stories. In fact, like I was, you know, Jared Leto's been around this town. Like, and actually he has a uh, a big house on top of Mulholland where he actually has uh a sex dungeon yeah like that's been yeah there's a lot of like bad in his like apparent you know cult slash burning man type situation that he does or that he's done oh yeah the uh 30 seconds to mars thing he did yeah yeah from what i'm reading there's like maybe an an expose coming out where he's going to be in trouble. But it reminds me of when one of the Sprouse brothers, I can't even, Dylan or Cole, I can't even remember which one because I don't really give a shit about them. But one of them a couple of years ago was like, Jared Leto, you've DM'd literally every girl between ages 17 and 25 or something like that. I was like, good for that Sprouse brother. Like, good for him. I love when celebrities come out and, you know, because it takes a lot. It's it's going to become a national news story usually. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, uh, it, okay. So this kind of leads into a little bit of the army hammer stuff too, is because, well, interesting. If you kind of like pin these things together, Marilyn Manson actually is the godfather 
to Johnny Depp's daughter, uh, Lilla Rose. But it is funny that there's like this pattern of like men almost shielding each other. Johnny Depp being, of course, in his own trouble with Amber Heard uh, and like abuse and stuff like that. And he lost a huge lawsuit over in London, which uh, then got him removed from the Harry Potter franchise or the Magical Beasts movies. Warner Brothers is no longer working with him. Um, But that leads into Army Hammer too. And Army Hammer went on... um, where was I reading about uh, where he felt he was being kink shamed? And uh, do you know what yeah. that is? Yeah, he was DMing so, because right after like this cannibalism stuff broke and people were still joking about it on the internet, which is by the way, why everyone, you know, was like, stop joking about it because you knew Army Hammer was like, they're just kink shaming me. Like, see, they're just like joking around. I'm getting kink shamed. It's like, no, now now he's for real facing consequences. And and guys, I do want to preface this as with this entire show, uh, you know, this is all allegedly. I uh, I believe it completely, but I will say allegedly what I'm talking about and what we're going to be talking about a little bit. But you were that's what was interesting was that this was recently he was saying he was being kink shamed. Correct. Um. I don't know about how recently, but he was saying he was getting kink shamed initially. I think that some of the, some of the more recent stuff, I don't know exactly what he's been saying more recently, but it's clearly escalating in terms of people realizing how severe these accusations are and they're not making cannibalism jokes anymore. Like people are realizing how serious it is. And yes, some of the publications are still calling it, you know, the DM scandal. Yeah, like, the cannibal, uh, I mean, the cannibal thing almost really takes a backseat to the actual issue, which is what we had talked about last time. I do want to uh, bring up something that, that happened on Friday night in regards to what you were just saying about, like, the kink shaming and people defending. Uh, this is from the Daily Beast. Bill Maher defends Army Hammer and blames his accusers. Uh, um, Bill Maher never found a famous man accused of misconduct that he hasn't wanted to defend. The uh, He went on his Friday show and... Uh, he talked about army and he said, according to Bill Maher, feminism may be the real culprit here. Quote, I think we can talk about this in relation to where feminism feminism is because apparently army hammer has a predilection to tell his dates. He wants to eat them. And who wouldn't want to be eaten by army hammer? Come on. Mar began when one woman cheered in the audience, Mar proclaimed exactly my point. Thank you. One honest woman. Um, Ugh. So I want to fight Bill Maher. I will fight him. So he went on to say, um, he went on to bring up the house of Effie. Uh, Unfortunately, some uh, members of the media and public then began conflating the actor's kinks with the actual allegations of coercion and emotional and physical abuse. Apparently this is something called ethical human cannibal fetishism. No actual woman were eaten in the making of this movie. They were just talking. They have his text where he was saying things like, I want to take your rib out and boil it with barbecue sauce, says Bill Maher. We're in such a porn centric society. People have been watching really hardcore porn for so long that spank you doesn't really cut it anymore. Um, the author says, so porn is apparently to blame for Hammer's fetishes now based on what exactly? Mar then painted Hammer's accusers as women who simply had a change of heart. Quote, my point is that the women who are objecting to this now, who went out with Army Hammer willingly and stayed in willingly, and there wasn't physical bad stuff happening. 
okay, we can all agree that's intolerable, but if there wasn't any physical coercion, why isn't this just filed under, that seemed like a good idea at the time to let Harmy Hammer eat me, but it really wasn't. It seems like we don't have any ownership anymore of our choices. I cannot tell you exactly how many things are wrong with everything about that. I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. I think it's disgusting. And I think he's going to be super, super, he's going to feel really stupid when this big story drops, whatever it is, because it's, it's, it's not even allegations. If you haven't done your research, then don't fucking speak on it. Because at this point it's like, you know, like some of these guys are like, well, let's use our logic for a second. It's like, use your logic to realize that there's no logical way that anyone is framing this guy for abuse for manipulation, for all of this physical, you know, photos of injuries. And also I listened to Paige, Paige Lorenz on Sophia with an F podcast. She and that is, is uh, that is Army Hammer's ex-girlfriend, I think 23 yes. years old, right? Yes, 22. And she's the one who got a branded on her near her vagina against her will with a knife. I I want, I want to, I want Army Hammer to get Bill Maher alone in a room. Like, I want to see what happens to Bill Maher. I mean, well, House of Effie said, uh, oh, wow, a certain late night talk show host wants to step in the ring, knowing that we also have stuff on him. Very interesting. Oh, that was about, I took a screenshot of that not yes. together. That was about Bill. I mean, wait, 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 wait. Allegedly, I think it's about Bill Maher. Okay, I don't know. I took but it would make sense. That makes sense. But that's good to know. But um, yeah, I think it's like beyond, beyond fucked up everything he said. And I literally want to like scream when I hear that. But Paige Lorenz saying the, oh, he, you know, like I wanted to get eaten by Army Hammer. She said that the first time he said that, and this was on that podcast. So I don't listen to the podcast. Did she come off believable? Did she, I mean, did she come oh, off yeah. traumatized? Oh, she is beyond articulate. Like she is like, She's, you can tell that there is a lot of trauma and she's still kind of processing what happened to her. And she knows that this is going to be a lifelong thing healing from this. Cause that is how, and she describes how fucked up the relationship is that he, you know, she was this little girl that just got out of a breakup with a famous hockey player. I don't, can't even remember his name, but it's like on Google. So she had been dating this guy, had just gone through a breakup, had been living with this guy, moved to LA five minutes la later. Army was in her DMs. She was clearly very vulnerable. She's this 22-year-old girl. And he immediately thrust her into this, you know, fucked up. At first was just like, you know, it may have seen, seemed like 50 Shades where he was making her show up on all fours outside of his door and then would walk her with a dog leash. And so at the time when you're this little 22-year-old girl right out of a breakup and this Hollywood actor is like, can I walk you like a dog? You'll probably be like, yeah, why not? What's the harm? But you know, eventually things escalated and he became extremely abusive. And he, the first time that he asked, he was like, I want to find a doctor to remove your ribs so I can um, smoke them on the barbecue and eat them. And she was like, huh, like what spices are you going to use? Like she thought he was kidding. And then he said it more and more times. And he was clearly very serious. Like he kept talking about it. Like he was like, yeah, so about your ribs that I'm going to eat. And that's when she was like, okay, this guy is like, serious like he's fucked up and then of course you know like the actual physical abuse where he would where she actually was just you know submitting to him because she was like I think this is just you know I want to make him happy where he was literally just hurting her whether it was rape anal rape whatever it is she was you know this little vulnerable 22 year old girl with this famous Hollywood actor like it's there's so many layers how long ago was this 
it well. How long this, ago was this? Literally this past fall, like October-ish, November. She went, she was with his family over Thanksgiving. And it was even with his family where she got the vibe that his family know, knew that there was something up with him. Whereas mom tried to like, you know. Um, well, I know his aunt was just on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald yeah. about, and I think she has a book out uh, detailing her abuse in that family. Um, yeah. uh, called Surviving My Birthright or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, b- I believe that's it. Um, uh, so the other thing, House of Effie, who you can find her on Twitter. I don't know if she's still private on Instagram. And of course, uh, Sophie um, has uh, stuff in her highlights. Um, but it is more and more stuff keeps coming out. And House of Effie has more and more screenshots of text conversations, voice notes from Army. Um, uh, you know, we and we get teased or we're, we're starting like um, uh, Dumois. Uh, there's been multiple people that have come out on Dumois saying a big story is about to drop. I don't know if it's TV, don't know if it's newspaper. We were thinking maybe it was going to come out Sunday morning with the LA Times. It has not. Uh, we are told to expect something this week, which leads to the next thing. The reason why we are expecting this, WME, William Morris Endeavor, dropped Army as a uh, a client on Friday, which is normal. Usually they do the really sneaky, weird stuff on Fridays. They put those news drops out. Do you know why they do that, by the way? It's because Fridays are the days that, you know, it's like the it's about to be the weekend. So like people are less likely to like pick it up as a story versus when it's the d- during the week and everyone's thirsty for news stories and, you know, reading the paper, everyone, whatever it is. It's just, you know, things are less likely to get traction on a Friday. So his agency and his publicist drop him in the last couple of days. And you guys remember that is a huge thing because this story has been out for a month. This has been out for a month. They've had a month to do this. They've had a month with most of this information. So for them to do this on Friday will like is the biggest confirmation of any of those Dumas stories is that something is on the horizon, something potentially worse than what is out there now. Do you take it to mean that as well, Sophie? Oh, absolutely. From everything we're hearing, this is going to be really bad and damning. And it's, yeah, I I imagine that it's just going to be a smorgasbord of abuse, rape, a bunch of shit, but compiled in expose format. And I think we talked about this last time was that, you know, you kind of just have to wait for one of the big players because they need a team of journalists. A story like this with as many victims and as many, you know, there's a lot that has to, you know, be fact-checked and, you know, looked into and people spoken to. It's just, there's so much that goes into it. I imagine it's, been a whole a whole team putting shit together but yeah the fact that his talent agency and his publicist just dropped him it's like you know that there's no coming back from this especially someone as wealthy and connected as army hammer for them to you know give up on him as a client there's no coming back from this in your research have you uh come across we talked about this last time and i talked about this on the show last week every time i do a google search it it seems like a lot of the horrible stuff I find on the third or fourth pages and like from search to search, I do a couple times a day. It seems like those things get moved around and they're not the top hit, which when they, when, when I feel like they should be the top hit, do you think any of the things at play in terms of like trying to erase uh, some of this stuff at all? Oh, you can't even like fathom how much, you know, like he has probably, you know, a team 
that can manipulate, you know, the Google algorithm, whatever it is. Like people like that, like that is how much money he has to throw around at people to protect him and protect his image. So yeah, I imagine that there's a lot of, you know, behind the scenes people doing what they can to like manipulate the Google algorithm, you know, pay off the Vanity Fair editors to call it a DM scandal, whatever it is. Like I am just look at the Jeffrey Epstein. It just reminds me so much of like the Jeffrey Epstein cover up and how, you know, so when that many wealthy connected people are involved and this is obviously yeah. a long scale. It's not like Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, but it's like, you know, there are a lot of wealthy people involved that, you know, money is, you know, what people will use to bribe people. Well, I, and I'm I'm on the House of Effie's Twitter right now, and she's only has 48 tweets up. It looks like she's deleting tweets as they go because I was looking for the ones that said, "Oh, what could it be? The fact that he was with minors? What could it be? Oh, the fact that he, she, she's deleted those tweets? Uh, unfortunately, she deleted those tweets because that is not information that you can sit on and not go to the police. The stuff that she said was just stuff that you would not you wouldn't be able to sit on if you were a normal person. So it makes you wonder, you know, like what, like, why are you saying all this now? Um, and, and, and I'm you have, this, in your mind, what do you think? What does it lead well, you to I'm think? Not, let me just clarify that. I'm not saying that about like the rape stuff. I'm not like, why are you coming out now? No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm saying the stuff that she tweeted about um, minors, him. Yes. Hurting his children, him potentially, you know, th them getting rid of a body at some point, like stuff that is very, very serious where children would have been in danger. Like that stuff is like, you cannot sit on that information. So yeah, I think that's, it could be anything. And I've been reading unsubstantiated reports that it could be, you know, like he got a minor pregnant and forced her to get an abortion, or it could be something far worse than that, that could involve bodies. Like, I don't know. And that's why I think there's so much mystery because it really could could be fucking anything with this dude that we're all just like, what the fuck is it? Let's just, you know, read it. Well, you know, it was interesting. The last time I talked to you or maybe the first time I, I was like, okay, I was kind of like, well, here's another dick. Like here's another asshole. Here's another male asshole that we're hearing all these stories about. And you would kind of, you know, you weren't trying to convince me, but after I talked to you, you kind of like, you were like, no, because we were talking about like the night stalker. We were talking about, you were like, no, I think this guy is very dangerous. I think if he was left to his own devices, this would have gotten worse. And you really had me thinking. And that's why it's like, when I started seeing this stuff this week um, about like, you know, him, uh, trying to buy off minors, him hurting minors, potentially, allegedly. These, like I said, these are all words deleted, so I don't know. But then even uh, this got brought out. There was a tweet uh, from 2016, which was crazy, um, where it was like, oh, you say Army Hammer, uh, wasn't it interesting when he wasn't a murderer? So it was like there was a tweet from 2016, I won't say from who, but it says at Harmy Hammer murderer. And then one from 2019 says, remember when Army Hammer wasn't a murderer? It was just like these two random tweets. I'll send I you the screenshot. Yeah, like so these were- you send me these screenshots? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Need to them up because see, like I fucking believe that. Like I believe that. And but that's what I would be in custody? Wouldn't that be- Well, you that's know? the thing. Sometimes you need that media attention for the for the police and for the FBI whoever's involved for them to really give a shit it's just like they don't have the bandwidth 
to, you know, be individually like investigating, whatever it is. It, but, you know, if someone is getting media attention and, you know, like people talking about it on Twitter and that's why, you know, people are like, why are you tweeting about this? Who cares? Whatever it is. Like, why are you like, what's, what's tweeting about, you know, this rapist going to do? Like, it's not, he's not arrested. It's like, well, he will be the more people talk about it. Like sometimes you need that, you know, the public support behind it. Um, they also brought up yesterday house of Effie. Well, also house of Effie brought up the fact she started naming, she started posting screenshots of his William Morris Endeavor agent that army talked about. And uh, did you read these Sophie where the Ramsey one, the Ramsey guy, well, this involves the Ramsey guy. What's, what's the, well, so there's two things was house of Effie. Like when, um, House of Effie, like somebody mentioned his agent and she screenshotted a bunch of uh, DMs supposedly from Army Hammer and texts mentioning his agent's name and saying, oh yeah, my agent, yeah. my agent will keep me busy. He'll send me an updated, uh, my to-do list for my schedule for the day and I can hang out with you all day. So it's like, he, he, he was saying his agent was covering for him lying to his wife potentially. Because and yeah, because his agent was cheating on his wife too. Like they were both like getting into shenanigans together and, you know, like doing shit together but I was so. like we army I mean if we're to believe any of this stuff and I do he was literally just saying all of his shit he was literally just saying like oh yeah this and this and this and you know he was doing this probably to multiple women but then it got brought up his um I guess one of his best friends is this guy Ramsey Art um Tyler Ramsey uh which he's been now brought up in a couple of things and he uh if you go to his Instagram account, he is friends, uh, obviously very good friends with army army is in most of his pictures. Um, uh, and which was, if you go down, like I, I freaked out Cameron Westcott and army and Cameron Westcott's husband from real housewives of Dallas were in one of the pictures. And I freaked out of that. I was like, Oh yeah. Because his family isn't his family in Texas. That makes sense. Yeah. Ramsey Art says for a good time, call the Westcott family and go to Dallas. And I was like, Holy shit. But the Ramsey seems like an artist. He seems like one of army's burning man guys. And I, I mean, I personally remember army talking nonstop about burning man in class. Like he would have these huge stories and made burning man seem like the most amazing things of drugs and fire and dancing. Like I will remember this day. He did a whole monologue where I was just like, wow, that sounds amazing. I want to go someday. Um, Another important thing to, to mention also with this army stuff is the Saudi Arabia um, trip that he went on. And uh, yeah, I saw a picture with him and uh, uh, Ryan Felipe and Ramsey Art and and his friend. Yeah. So that was a huge controversial thing when the Saudi Arabian government was paying these celebrities basically for propaganda purposes to act like Saudi Arabia is this like cool country where obviously, you know, there are a lot of fucked up things happening in Saudi Arabia. So it's kind of like blood money. A lot of people see it as. Um, And the fact that Army was there. And I guess there were some other DMs at some point where he was talking about, you know, getting his his blood, his bloodlust satiated when he's in Saudi Arabia, because, you know, obviously you can get away with different things there than you would in the U.S. Um, so, you know, there might be something involved with something he did when he was in Saudi Arabia. Like, that's another thing that I keep thinking of. Like, there are just so many possibilities of what it could be. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it involves murder, especially now. Yeah. I just got that screenshot you sent of people on Twitter calling him a murderer, which in different years, this is like 2016 and 2019, which doesn't even play into the, 
you know, like no, no weird things about army, except that he got busted for weed. Uh, and he, he, um, something else, but you know, like that, those were the two things. Also house of Effie had this about Ramsey art, his best friend. He had posted this week. Everyone makes mistakes in life, but that doesn't mean they have to pay for them for the rest of their life. Sometimes people make bad choices. It doesn't mean they are bad. It means they are human. And house of Effie fixed it and said, army hammer and company, Tyler Ramsey, rapist apologist makes mistakes in life, but that means they have to pay for them for the rest of their life. Sometimes rapists commit crimes. It does mean they are bad. It means they are criminals. And she says they're, fixed it but then ramsey art came back and said i wasn't talking about army i was talking about my brother who uh was an alcoholic and um so it it seems like they're going back and forth now but i mean do we know has has anybody had done an official interview with house of effie have you tried to reach out to her at all yes i actually did try to reach out and she and we've dm'd a little bit just initially when this was going on because you know early on no one was really paying attention i was following house of effie when she had like you know less than five thousand followers and um yeah so we like dm'd a couple times and then i was like i want to like officially interview you for a story i would love to like just actually interview you and she at, at that point had said that she was opening up her email to reporters and i took a screenshot of her email for reporters but i couldn't find it so i just dm'd her and she still hasn't answered so i don't know um i don't know like what interview official interview she's done none that i'm aware of but yeah i think it shows that army's group like his squad, his friends are very in tune with what's going on on social media. Like they are following House of Effie too. The fact that like he- Yes, that was it. It's, it's, it's saying that Army and his friends are very aware of all of this. In fact, um, uh, my friend Marissa sent me something where there was this one girl who they found out was friends with Tyler and Army who was standing up for her in the Dumois, uh, one of the Dumois stories. And then they traced it back. Oh, like, oh, this is one of Army and Tyler's friends of like, why are you guys believing this? None of this has been proven. How dare you? You know? It's just so, yeah. I mean, if I understand, you know, like this was a, this is a sociopath who, you know, blocked off parts of his lives to certain people, which is why, you know, you feel bad for Elizabeth because Elizabeth clearly wasn't privy to everything that was going on in his personal life. And you feel bad for like some of the people in his life that, you know, may feel blindsided, like Timothy Chalamet, maybe like he probably had no idea, like some of his co-stars, but his like circle of friends that are like protecting him and clearly knew what was going on and clearly are aware of what, you know, his victims are now going through. And they're still, you know, like trying to defend him and trying to take a side and trying to disparage victims. Like, disgusting i just think it's so gross that was it on the house of everything too that she deleted was that oh when you said you wanted to chris watts your children and that was very oh, disturbing yeah. remember that like that's oh, why yes yes oh, was that he, was I, it that was it it was that and it was like you can't you can't just you know if someone said that to me i would immediately fucking call the police because i've watched the chris watts stuff i know what happened with the chris watts scenario yeah. like that's not something that you just sit on you're like Oh, okay. Well, weird. Like that's fucking insane that he said that and, and extremely fucked up. And if you're not aware of the Chris Watts story, like just read about it. Oh, and there's a there's a really great documentary. I think American Crime. I think on Netflix yeah, on about Netflix. it. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, 
and also in House of Effie's stories uh, earlier this week, she somebody asked if she still loved him, and she said yes, she does. I thought that was interesting. Also, one of the last things we'll we'll wrap up with Elizabeth Chambers six days ago, Army's ex-wife or soon to be ex-wife, uh, wrote uh, on Instagram. She finally uh, posted on Instagram directly about it. She says, "For weeks, I've been trying to process everything that has transpired. I am shocked, heartbroken, and devastated. Heartbreak aside, I am listening and will continue to listen and educate myself on these delicate." matters. I didn't realize how much I didn't know. I support any victim of assault or abuse and urge anyone who has experienced this pain to seek the help she or he needs to heal. At this time, I will not be commenting further on this matter. My sole focus and attention will continue to be on our children, on my work, and on healing during this incredibly difficult time. Thank you for all of the love and support, and thank you in advance for your continued kindness, respect, and consideration for our children and me as we find ways to move forward. Elizabeth Chambers. So, yeah, I mean, it, it makes you feel really like sympathetic. And I know that, you know, she obviously had some weird back and forths with the mistresses over the years. Um, but yeah, you, you feel terrible for her, especially like there are children involved. Like you just want the children to be okay. I am glad that the dog is okay. And hopefully with Elizabeth now, it's like, you just, it's just like a sad situation, especially because it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this man where you're like, are the kids going to like, are they going to be dealing with trauma from this? Like, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I, oh, I you know, oh, and also before I forget, there was something that I wanted to say and I don't want to forget to say it. Um, because I have such ADD brain that if I don't say it, like I'll literally forget. Oh, you're such an Aries. I know I am. An Aries. <laughs> did I learn? Um, did I get it right? Are you an Aries? Yeah, okay. Okay, sweet. But Elizabeth actually follows me on Instagram. Yes. So she and I actually like I I know that she's been following Demois, but I posted some of the things about, you know, the publicist dropping him and people speculating that there's like a body in his freezer, a lady sausages in his freezer. Mm -hmm. and, she, and she like views the stories like she is clearly keeping up with what's going on. Yeah. You told me she viewed the last time we did the podcast. And I mean, my, uh, my sphincter tightened up. I got scared. Like I was like, Oh no, poor Liz. I mean, like, could you imagine loving somebody and then just, I mean, I'm sure she knew things were off, but to, to this extent, and even if you take away all of the abuse, just somebody that is having that many relationships on the side where they're like, I want to fuck you. I want to, you know, fuck your brains and make you wet. And like, that is insanity. Did you hear, insanity. The, did you hear the voice note that I posted on Twitter? What, which one was that? Oh my God. You might have to like play it. Cause it's probably, yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put the audio in. Wait, the voice note where he's like, Oh my God. It is so, I can't, I know it's like fucked up, but it just makes you laugh because his voice is so serious. He's doing a serious actor voice and he goes, I want you to tell me how many orgasms you have, what it felt like, how hard they are. They belong to me. Remember that they're uh. mine. This sounds like so much homework to be with Army. Jesus. I want to hear about each orgasm. I want you to tell me how it felt like, how strong each was, how long it lasted. Those are mine. Don't forget. So you have to tell me everything. That's what all of these girls are saying. I, like a lot of the girls that, you know, met him through Instagram and became his kitten, whether they, you know, were abused by him in real life or they just, you know, had a DM relationship with him and they're hundreds of them they all said that he's just annoying and weird like he's just annoying as fuck weird as fuck clingy like <sighs> this is so fucking strange
Yeah, I'm like, tell me what Bravo shows you want to watch. Um, that's just horror. I mean, I and I try to make light of it because it is so dark and like it is so uh, it really is hard to comprehend. Um, but the thing is, as, as we get further into uh, this decade, I feel like we we have more and more of these wild male stories. And I'm not saying females can't be fucked up, too. I'm definitely not saying that. But it is there does seem to be this tendency of men abusing power and men um, abusing women. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, and of course, like you said, Alexander Wang, men abusing other men. But I mean, this pattern of abuse, it just seems like I guess if anything positive comes out of, of all of this is that we're actually able to highlight it a little bit more, you know? Well, yeah, it's like it's nothing new. It's been happening for centuries. centuries yeah. Um, but I think it's, yeah, it's the fact that, you know, we're living in a post me too world. And, um, you know, I know I said on one of your podcasts that I wish that I was born in an age without social media, but one of the beautiful, beautiful things about, you know, living in an age of social media is that we have a voice to call this shit out, which I love. And people can be held accountable in ways that they weren't before, you know, even when Britney Spears was being, you know, abused by the media and like P Justin Timberlake, like Justin Timberlake, if that happened today would be dragged on Twitter. So it's like, you know, there's, there's, we're kind of our own trial and jury in our own way. And even though army hasn't been like charged in a court of law or whatever it is, like, um, you know, his career is over because everyone who matters, AK us on it, you know, the public, we were never going to support him again. So, well, you know, I was, see, I was, I was, I was talking about that earlier this week too, is that like in the last month, like I was kind of uh, bummed out that a mainstream media had not really picked up the army story yet. And I almost was saying last week, I said, it's kind of up to us, not me and you specifically, but people like us on Twitter or on podcasts to kind of like champion the story, like make sure people don't forget about this because they're, you know, the world is so large these days and pop culture comes at you 60 miles an hour where the new story will like take that old story away, like in a second and you forget about it all of a sudden. It's like yeah. Trump's presidency. There was like a hundred things happening all at once that you could get offended by. So you would forget about this one thing because a new thing was just coming right across the thing. So I'm really happy. In fact, Us Weekly, Army is their cover story this week. Uh, my friend Maritza sent me and uh, they are actually, that's, I, I think a huge thing. I know it's Us Weekly, but still I'm, I'm very happy that they're actually putting it, putting it out there. Yep. So this week we will supposedly find out which, what, which next shoe drops, you know? I know. And I am like very much looking forward to it, but yeah. I mean, in the words of Kelly Dodd, you used to not have a voice. Now you're these little keyboard warriors <laughs> use it. Yeah. Be a keyboard warrior. That's what I am. Wait, can I tell you what? I know we got to wrap up, but can I tell you this Kelly Dodd thing that came out today? So Veronica Leventhal, Rick Leventhal's daughter, who's been on the podcast a couple of times and just amazing. I love her so much. Do you follow her, uh, Sophie? I don't follow her, but I saw her amazing video where she was like, just, you know, ripping Kelly to yeah. shreds. Yeah, she's awesome. But uh, so Kelly Dodd tweets uh, uh, four hours a day, four hours ago. We love you, Veronica, and we wish you would stop talking about us publicly. Dot dot dot. You won't answer our calls. I have to resort to this tweet. Four heart emojis. Thank you. And then uh, um, Kelly Dodd had uh, also posted. Uh, Veronica Leventhal reveals if stepmom Kelly Dodd should quit. Real Housewives of Orange County as she creates a support group for pe people with conservative parents. 
plus what she really thinks of Kelly as a source um, uh, of Kelly's cryptic Instagram bio change. So Kelly is very, paying very close attention to everything that Veronica Leventhal says. But uh, I mean, talk about another nightmare situation. A dad that you love winds up with Kelly Dodd of all people. Even if you love Kelly as a housewife, I don't think you'd want your dad to oh, be with Kelly God. Dodd, you know? No, what a nightmare. Uh, but to call but to call his, call his daughter out on Twitter. I love that, you know. It's it's yeah, it's it's giving me very much like dysfunctional like I don't even know, the Conways. Like and the thing is Veronica really is not believe it or not she is not looking for attention. Uh I re- I remember coming to her. She's like a, just a really normal down home like just like a really normal girl. Like it was just very so this this didn't make me laugh in a like oh haha about your pain, but it made me laugh in that kind of weird pop culture way you guys where I'm just like what is going on like, that Twitter is a viable okay. way to fight with family members now, you know? It's just yeah, it's oh my god. Um like, yeah. And speaking of the Bravo universe, also before I forget. Oh, I wanted to ask I, you one more thing about the Bravo universe, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, about I was Han- just I, about Hannah, too. Yeah. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Yes. Okay, I have okay. that in my notes, actually. So, uh, Summer House uh, premiered this week. Were you excited to have it back? Um, I was. I was excited. I'm definitely excited to have it back, but I have my eyes open. I'm watching them because obviously, you know, I, I did that thread about Paige and Hannah being problematic and they never really like addressed it or apologized for any of the shit. Yeah. That so, seems to have kind of been, uh, gone by the wayside that kind of, they've yeah. decided yeah, yeah, but I tweeted yesterday because, you know, people have been saying for a long time that Hannah steals jokes. See, and I saw this and that she, she bills herself as a comedian and makes money from it. So her stealing jokes is different from, you know, a regular person stealing tweets, whatever it is. Like it's messed up and it's been like a long history. And I saw one of her tweets yesterday where I was like, there's no way. Like it was like, yeah, sorry. So you were told, you were told about this or is this something you discovered? Uh, you were like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, Let me no, look people into this. have been saying it for a while, just on Reddit and on Twitter and just on the internet in general that Hannah is a joke stealer, which by the way, fucking hate. I can't, that's why I don't follow like fat Jewish, fuck Jerry. Like I don't follow accounts like that. Like I don't need someone to aggregate jokes for me. I want someone to make jokes. Yeah. Like, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, even just being a uh, Bravo meme account, I will say two sides of this is that usually, um, you know, I'll have like, usually uh, people do think of the same jokes, especially on a meme. Like you're like, or especially like if you see Meredith Marks in a fucked up mask, you know, there's going to be a thousand jokes in Meredith Marks fucked up mask. And hopefully you get an original one. Like I, I was like, I was able to find a picture of a lady wearing lettuce. And I said, oh, Meredith Marks at a holiday party. Thankfully, nobody else had found the lettuce picture. But in my head, I was like, I got to get this out before somebody finds this and does the same joke. But with Hannah, it's a little different because these are very specific, uh, which by the way, you know, I follow Hannah. I always think her I, uh, tweets are very funny. And I talk to my women friends. They really like her tweets. But you actually s- did a search and like she kind of word for word or almost word for word taking this tweet that was posted like six months ago, you know? Yeah. Her Twitter is very like 2014, like sorority girl Twitter. It's just nothing. It's not like it's not my type of humor personally. Um, but yeah, it was like one minute you're young and fun and the next minute you're getting excited about an air fryer. And I saw that tweet from Hannah, like literally this week. And I was like, I've seen that as a meme on Instagram. I've seen it everywhere. And I found the original tweet from the beginning of 2020 from like the original account that tweeted it. I'm pretty sure the first person that I could find, she had like 70 likes, like just this regular account. 
And it's just so funny to me that like she, Hannah changed up like one word, one or two words to make it slightly different. But it's like you bill yourself as a comedian. That's how you make your livelihood. Are you like that? Like you just, it's just so blatant and lazy that I just can't even believe it, honestly. But. Well, it is. A, I mean, jokes are, you know, when you kind of get into it, like jokes and especially I think how, you know, there's a, there's a, it's formulaic. Any kind of joke has a setup or a punchline and she's it's very formulaic. And, she you know, what I imagine a lot of comedians do, well, they'll they'll look at what's popular. Like uh, we talked about astrology, so I could make a joke about co-star or pattern or something like that. It's like set up something that other people can find relatable and share. That's the name of the game. And especially for Hannah, she's trying to make it as a comedian. I just always wonder what possesses people when there are certain features and when you can, when it can be proven that, whoa, this is so close to something else. I always wonder what goes through somebody's mind. Uh, it's someone I, that just knows she's going to get retweets and likes anyway. Like she knows her audience is going to be like, Haha, oh my God, this is so funny. Like, it all no. boils down to that same thing we're talking about of needing that dopamine hit of needing yeah. that hilarious Baldwin of it all of, I need it. Uh, this is my job. This is what I want to get paid for. And I need this attention. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it all, I mean, even me doing this podcast, this is me needing attention, you know? No, I mean, like, like let's, let's call it out, you know, like, so it is very interesting, uh, when people then, you know, use other people's work and then present it, at, you know, the best thing ever, because everyone is trying to make, you know, a lot of people are trying to make their own money off jokes on Twitter. Like when you steal people's jokes, you're literally stealing like what could be income from them. Like, I just, I just think it's so lame, especially it's like, it's not that hard to come up with an original, like you can get inspiration like get inspiration, be like, ha, oh, that's funny. I want to come up with something similar. You know, like that's like every, like, you know, when something goes viral on Twitter and everyone starts doing their own version, like, but like, yeah, she's just lame. She does it all the time. I just think it's so lame. And just like, as someone who appreciates the craft, I'm not a comedian myself, but I appreciate the craft. I appreciate a good joke. It bothers me. Well, the thing that I really love, I appreciate about comedy. And I talk about this all the time is when you can see somebody's personal stamp on it. Like I love when I get a sense of who the person is, or at least that's what I even try to do too. Is that like, you're going to see a lot of Ben Affleck coffee things for me. Cause I've loved that for like five years. Like I, if you go back on my Twitter, you'll see me posting Ben Affleck coffee pictures from five years ago. Like I've loved shit, weird shit like that. Like I posted a Jack Nicholson eating on a courtside thing. Those shit, like those weird shit fascinates me. That's what I find funny. And usually you can be like, Oh, that's very, I guess, Ryan, or that's what I would, I don't want. Yeah, I do enjoy your niche humor for sure. Yeah. But like, you can tell that actually comes from me and that that can't be stolen. And by yeah. the way, and I want to say that about Hannah, like I've, I've talked to Hannah on this podcast and I, I, she was very, nice when she didn't have to come on but i know she has her own sense of humor like not stealing is never necessary on anything you know you have everybody has their own special thing it just because then it becomes just about getting yeah, ahead like, you know yeah, like, why are you doing it like what's it for you're doing it for clout you're not doing it because you want to actually like make people laugh or like you know you're doing it because you want retweets like yeah it's it's stupid who's the hottest guy in summer house go uh, none of <laughs> none. Maybe I would have said Luke maybe last year, but like him with his like long hair and facial hair situation this season is just not doing it for me. Yeah, like those ugly those those guys that are good. Like if I was like Luke, good looking, you're damn well sure I would never have an ounce of hair on my face. I would be look yeah, at I my face. And he, Luke is also just like, yeah, like I feel like I don't know. I just I'm like, what? Why are you like almost? 
I don't know. They're all almost 40. I'm like, why is this your life right now? Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like ageist, but I'm like, they're if always- If you ruin Summer House for us, Sophie, I swear I to God, if you ruin Summer House- Kyle, I just think Kyle, especially Kyle's like, you know, what he actually is, I think, about to turn 40 soon. Is he not? Yeah, I believe I believe that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he actually is on the brink of 40 years old and he is still passing out drunk in his clothes every single season. It just feels <laughs> like Groundhog's Day. Like, I'm kind of like, I think they need to do a cash shakeup next next season. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to in the next couple of weeks that you've like, ooh, I want to watch that. I want to see that. Is oh. there anything pop culture wise that you oh have an eye God. on? Oh my God. I know that there, there's probably something and it's going to, I'm going to think of if it. If you as- remember it today, will you text me so I can put it in the intro of yeah, like Sophie's yeah. choice? Oh my God. Yeah. I uh, definitely are you know. excited to see the weekend of the Super Bowl today? Do you think you'll I have any? I'm watching the NFL pregame like on silent and they're showing the weekend right now. And I was just thinking how excited I was for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to eat during the Super Bowl? I'm so sporty. <laughs> um, I, I think anybody know. listening knows the how sporty you are, but you don't have a sport meal plan for the, oh, the game? Well, I'm not, I'm like getting work done while I'm watching the Super Bowl. So I'm not actually like partying or doing anything special, but I will say Cincinnati chili dip is what I would usually make. And I have a can of Cincinnati chili. If what you is don't Cincinnati know chili dip? What is that? I like can't even I can't even explain it. And it actually ties back to Summer House. (laughs) And you'll hear why. So Cincinnati is known for Cincinnati style chili. It's very different. It's not like any chili you've had before. And that's my hometown, by the way. Skyline Chili is the really famous place. They have cans of it online. Their competition that no one likes as much and everyone kind of makes fun of is called Gold Star. And guess whose family business is Gold Star Chili? Uh, oh, Jules, wait, wait. Jules from Summer House. Oh, who didn't make it back Summer to Summer House? This Cincinnati. They said she was a Cincinnati Chili heiress. She is an heiress of like the one that everyone makes fun of. But they have partnerships with like the Bengals and like the Cincinnati Airport. So like you see it, and people eat it when they're desperate. But like Skyline, <laughs> and I have a can of Skyline, and Cincinnati Chili Dip is. Skyline or no, it's cream cheese, can of chili, cheese in the oven, um, Tostitos dip chips. And it's so good. Uh, my mom does this thing that I'm, I know she's doing today for my dad, where she just puts a block of Velveeta cheese in a crock pot and then, uh, ground, uh, ground Turkey or ground meat. And then a little thing of, uh, I forgot what the brand is a little thing of like chilies and she just mix it all together. And it's basically just cheese meat dip, but I always loved it growing up. Yep, very Midwestern. That sounds like something I would devour right the second. I yeah. Would be well, wait, well, I mean, my family's from Columbus, Ohio, so that's yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, Sophie, you did it again. You uh, guys go support Sophie and all that she does on Instagram and Twitter. I know her writing is out. She's always doing articles. You can find those. Uh, she'll promote those on both of those things. Uh, but Sophie has just been such a um, great addition to this show. So thank you so, so much. Uh, you have an open invitation anytime that you want to talk. I know you'll probably have your own podcast any day now, uh, but is there anything else that we need to keep an eye out for you, Sophie? Um, no, just follow me. Yeah. Follow me on my socials. Um, I'm always, you know, up to something up to no good. So just follow me there and you'll see. And yeah, you guys need to follow her this week because we need, we, we need her reaction to whatever news drops this week because whatever drops this week, remember this show is daily. So I will be talking about it the next day, whatever that information is. Uh, and Sophie, please come on in another month or so. I'm just going to ask right now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And also that reminds me that I am, I'm, I'm working on an army hammer story. Look out for that one. 
Um, so I'm kind of waiting for this big news to drop, but look out for my like official take in article form um, soon. And when so, that happens, I'll be doing the swipe up in my stories with that article. So you guys uh, just make sure you read it and support everything that she does. Okay. Aww. Sophie, thank you so much. I know you're a sports person and a sporty girl. So for you to do this on a sporty Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday just means the world. So thank you. Oh my God. Of course. Anytime, anytime. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Next time for sure. I'll be back. Don't worry. You can't get rid of me.
Betches.